Wrestling Geeks Alliance. Geek Vibes Bada boom, it's uh, your good friend, Danny Alves. We got a show for you today. It's, uh, you know, keeping up with Italian miracles and people of star power worthy things. It's a great show. Uh, I got Christopher Bambito Castellon with me right now. And we just, uh, right at the beginning, you know, it's up front, okay? We just want to say that. Hey, Italian people out there, uh, Good. All right, I can't. I can't do this anymore. Anyways, this is Dane Alves with another episode of Wrestling Geeks Alliance, a show in which me and my co-host Christopher Brother Ray Patton break down the latest and greatest in professional wrestling news and provide you with reviews and uh, previews over shows coming in the future. So uh, we got a show for you today. Um, the reason for my accent, I'm Italian, so I I, I can do that. First of all. Uh, but, uh, you know, me and Chris, I'll introduce Chris, and then they're not wrestlers, but I want to say some goodbyes to two great guys that passed this last week. So, Chris, how is it going, sir? I know that me and you are both getting over some uh, some sickness. We're not down with it, because System of Down sucks. Oh. Sorry. Well, system of Down is great. <laughs> Disturbed is terrible. Uh, yeah. We're oh, no. Oh, my stuff. God. No! Oh, God. I meant Disturbed. I meant Disturbed. I love System of a Down. Toxicity is one of my favorite albums. Fuck! Sorry. <laughs> yes. Also, support that System of a Down album for the, uh, the refugees. Go out there, buy that, pay the $5 or whatever. They, it's open offer to buy that album. Go buy that. Um, but yeah. I was sick this week. You were sick this week. We watched wrestling. That was fun. Uh, it's a really, I just slept a lot, man. And uh, we woke up to a lot of sad news, which sucks. But uh, outside of that, how was your week, Dane? My week was good, man. Um, well, actually, no, we just went over this. So I had uh, COVID a week ago. We're, oh, well, we're recording this on Saturday. So last week. I contracted that or whatever the fuck the wording is. I'm still out of it and uh, I'm finally getting better. It's no joke, you know, buckle up and just be safe out there, everyone, because it's 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 one hell of a massive. I mean, it's more than a flu. I haven't felt that terrible in a long time. So luckily I'm over the hump and I can't smell, which I hate. You know, going back to Italian roots, that's like something that's not supposed to be a normal thing at all. So I feel like Dewey Cox in that sense. Get it? Um, but yeah, just. <laughs> so you went smell blind, son. I, I can smell this dog shit. It smells terrible. Keep smelling it, Dewey. Oh, God. I haven't watched that movie in a minute. <laughs> Beatles quit fighting in India. I think there's a rift in the Beatles. I could do this all day. <laughs> Fucking Jack White. There's only there's only two kinds of karate. <laughs> the king 
and the king's karate or whatever like he says oh man it's it's so great it's, uh, let that whole scene the beatles scene that's that's a great movie we, we might have to do a deep dive on uh get hard the dewey cox <laughs> uh story uh but we usually do this on so the television i finished banshee with anthony Starr, who's the lead uh in homelander and the boys saw the season finale of that phenomenal great fucking ending to the season uh banshee was incredible four seasons if you want to tell, watch a really kick-ass show check that out uh 19 the crime drama i was watching i finished that you know that was absolutely amazing one of the best crime shows i've ever watched uh as far as like realism and just grittiness so definitely check that out i love how i have to tell everyone 19 since jared kessler is known for letter kenny which has been a staple at hulu you can see 19 and they're like, what the fuck is that? You have to go to um, our great uh, Neighbors of the North's uh, own streaming platform, the Acorn, that has all their entertainment on it to be able to watch it. But I would recommend it. Pay the fucking six bucks for the month. You'll watch an amazing show. And you'll love Jared Kesso even more. Um, other than that, I don't think it's not been any movies. Um, nothing's coming to mind, man. Just, uh, you know, trying to get over some sickness and uh feeling better but like i said i can't smell bullshit (laughs) it sucks you can't smell bro um on acorn at least it used to be because i was trying to think about this last week when you were when you were promoting the show and in this network so hard that we're not getting paid pay us canada jesus um no uh there is a show with Brandon Lee Priestley, who is a uh, from 90210, uh, Brandon, or Jason Lee Priestley, who was Brandon on 90210. He plays a detective who is a former hockey player who becomes a hockey agent who becomes a detective. Uh, it's very much law and order. So if you like that kind of thing and you like hockey, it's pretty good. I mean, by pretty good, I mean it's good in the way Renegade is a good show. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, I like that. I like that concept, though. Actually, when you start the app, it's pretty amazing. Someone told me this. I didn't realize it until I did it. Uh, Bret Hart and Wayne Gretzky are holding their their arms in the air, and that's how the uh, network starts out. So uh, <laughs> the great, the great Canadian <laughs> heroes themselves. <laughs> Just kidding, but that'd be kind of cool, though, to be honest. But e- either way, 192, I can't believe I'm putting this up there. Uh, I mean, I haven't seen a show this much dedicated towards the city and depicting what real crime is like to The Wire. And it's the only thing that's come close. I don't think anything will come to like as close as that, but I gave it a huge standing ovation after I was done uh by myself in my underwear and my cat was staring at me like i was weird so hey there you go (laughs) also i don't know if you watched it yet Uh, i think that you're still waiting but the end of stranger things was brilliant was fucking amazing and i can't it's gonna take a couple years but i can't wait for the last season i thought they did an amazing job kind of revitalizing the show because i think a lot of us kind of jumped off a little bit well not jumped off it just First season was was phenomenal. The sequel was great. Third one kind of dipped, and this one was, I think, if not as good as the first season, right, right below it. So, great shit. 
so I finished season three. I'm about to start up the new season, uh, but I've seen everything that's like I've seen the big controversial scene. And I will say shout out to Metallica for calling out gatekeepers of metal because it needs to be called out. So I, I normally wouldn't give Metallica props on something, but uh, they posted some Instagram posts about Stranger Things and, and the usage of Master of Puppets. Spoiler alert. Um, and they were like, it doesn't matter if you've listened to 40 hours of Metallica or, you know, you've been listening to Metallica for 40 years. You're all part of the Metallica family and we're, we want to be all inclusive and everyone should be part of us and listen to us. And I thought that was really, really cool by Metallica. And then people tried to keep getting negative and the band just kept shitting on them. And that's kind of great because there is a lot of gatekeeping in metal specifically and comics as well, especially like, like, reading comics there's and you know this dane a lot of fucking gatekeeping mm-hmm. and i thought it was really cool as like being one of the biggest metal bands of all time to come out and be like no like maybe don't be a dick it's our fucking song <laughs> like everyone can listen to it i thought that was really cool of metallica so uh i'm gonna you, finish you season four like, this week it's incredible i love the scene great stuff and you just accidentally triggered a uh, Dane rants but I keep it short but to all these wonderful people out there it's uh, now the usually I'm bitching about younger people because I'm some old guy but no 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 my generation and older the perception of it's mine can you fuck off like come on can I, I grew up in the 90s okay I was a huge Metallica fan I've seen him twice live back when Jason was the bassist I've heard all their albums but even me when i grew up listening to them i was told by all the fucking real metallica fans some of them my age that all the 90s stuff was terrible that the real stuff was in the 80s and i love that stuff too once i actually started going back and listening to master puppets right the lightning um you know all their albums and shit like that but i remember these same motherfuckers the ones that are gen zers or, or Gen Xers, I should say, or, or Millennials that dogged on Metallica throughout the whole fucking end of the 90s into the 2000s when stuff was obviously inspired but got harder with the hardcore music scene. Metallica sucked all of a sudden. And then we all got our fucking senses about us. I never had this problem, but we all like Metallica. But now these motherfuckers... A lot of them, I feel like, are the same ones that are saying, you shouldn't like Metallica, go listen to your shitty music. Look, if people from this generation get a chance to experience Metallica, or Kate Bush, for instance, you know, for the first time, and I I didn't even fucking know about Kate Bush's existence until this season uh, with Running Up the Hill, but girl never fucking signed with a studio, she made $2.5 million off of chart stuff because of her hit coming back. That wasn't that big in 85. And I find out people I like, like Tori Amos and Fiona Apple and Bjork, were all obsessed with her when they were younger. So there is some level of of stuff. But with Metallica, it's not fucking yours. It's everyone's. This whole entire attitude. One of the things I will say, I don't like a lot of the music of, of, of nowadays. Like, there'll be some artists that come out that I like, that I gravitate towards. But when it comes down to it, if they get into Metallica and then start looking into Slayer... Uh, Black Sabbath, Iron Maiden, and start like trying different metal. I love seeing these kids that have 
YouTube stations where they check out all different forms of music, whatever race, whatever, whatever the fuck they're into. They just try it. And instead of music just being like, I'm a rock person or a hip hop person or whatever, they're a music person. And they're getting to, to, to try out all this exotic food. Quit saying it's your fucking food. It kind of reminds me in a very different way. I was a huge fan of Greta Von Fleet when they came out. Shit, now it's been probably about fucking five or six years. And it was like a lot of people were like, whoa, these Gen Zers are all like 16 to 18. They're playing like late 70s or they're playing 70s rock, very Led Zeppelin-esque. And then you have the other side. It's like, oh, they're a rip-up Led Zeppelin. You're, you're telling me that you have a problem with young kids being influenced by Led Zeppelin. And that creatively had to change them for their next album because of that, that label that shouldn't have been a bad thing. Older people can be such pissy fucks when it comes to their quote-unquote music. And I came from a generation where we loved the Beatles almost as much as our parents because they embedded it to us. You know, like the Supremes, like the Temptations, like the Rolling Stones. That was their music. That was our music collectively through them. So let people like music. If people want to listen to fucking Master Puppets, that's good. Okay? If you have a problem with it, fuck off. That's what I think. Yeah, imagine a world now where you're like, no, don't listen to Master of Puppets, nerd. <laughs> it's so weird. And uh, metal, the metal community in general, and you guys can get at me on Twitter, at Chris Hart Patton on Twitter. Like, let people, like if someone's favorite band is Slipknot, they like metal. It's okay. Let them listen to other metal. You don't have to shit on them. Or if they're, they became Metallica fans because of this show and want to indulge in other metal, don't shut them out. Like, open the gates. Like, show them more metal. Be productive about it. Be like, oh, you like this? You might like this. Like, if they like, if they like thrash metal, you might, oh, you like Metallica and Megadeth? Like, check out At the Gates. You might like that. You know, like, try to spread the metal love i don't i don't understand why there's this especially with metal and it it exists in all music i'm sure but with metal with all the subgenres and stuff and uh, how niche the culture is it's just a bad way to look at music like you should it, it, and also it's like it's like how many metal bands have been number one it's been like metallica or metallica and pantera in the past like 22 years or something 30 years like you really need to think about like if you want to grow metal and if, if if you want to hear a lot of metal on the radio like or if you just want metal to be more popular and have more people to talk about metal with like don't shun people because they don't listen to your kind of metal it's it's very 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 fucking annoying um but yeah i mean this goes throughout all music it, it, rap specifically like if you if you like a certain style of rap and i i was i'm definitely guilty of this as a teenager um but as i got older and listened to more music and played more bands and stuff like i i kind of opened myself up but i was definitely this kind of guy I was like I, I don't like sonic youth fuck i still don't like sonic youth but i can appreciate them and i think that's the the big thing is like appreciating music even if you don't like it, you don't necessarily have to shit on it. And uh, also don't like 
gate like you didn't listen to all of this Pearl Jam that I've listened to when they have 19 live albums. Like you don't have to gatekeep Pearl Jam. <laughs> if someone's like, I like that Better Man song, just let them like that Better Man song. <laughs> it's fine. Maybe that will make them like more Pearl Jam. And then from then they will listen to Soundgarden and uh, you know, Toadies and Nirvana and you know stone temple pilots etc just build and build and build but yeah it, it's really weird and maybe that's just we're older now <laughs> and you gave a, a great example with a grid of on fleek and the uh led zeppelin comparison is like you know how awesome it should be to be compared to led zeppelin <laughs> like why is that a bad thing <laughs> They're just ripping them off. It's like, dude, they're 16 to 18 brothers and stuff like that. It's awesome. They're fucking listening to Led Zeppelin in the first place. Like, preserving music is an important thing, and and part of that is through influence. So if you don't have this generation all of a sudden getting introduced into Metallica with Master of Puppets, then that sound might eventually dwindle out. I mean, the reason why, and I keep on going back to the Beatles – a lot of generations experienced them through everyone collectively, and that still today has foundations within music. You don't want that fucking style to die out because you were too cool and wanted a younger generation to stop listening to them. Just shut the fuck up. It's so stupid. Right, right. J- Jet's also a good example from my high school experience. Jet came out with that. Uh, was a stone cold bitch with just a kiss on her lips. That remember, was remember when the Rolling Stones 1970s, like late 60s, 1970s, we had Jet, we had the Strokes, we had uh, the Hives, we had the Vines, we had the White Stripes. All of them kind of brought that back. Like, aren't you glad that no one was like, all oh, these guys are fucking, they're posers, man. But they like, were. Instead of, <laughs> they were, but they, they, they also were bringing back a sound that kind of, you know, lessened. I no, remember no, no, I used no, to they, dog- I'm, not, I'm not saying they were posers, but there were people being like, they're fucking posers. Oh, yeah. Look at them. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. I like that Jet song. It's pretty good. <laughs> there was a time period where I was so much into 70s and 60s rock that all rock now sucked to me in my 20s. I thought I was a fucking hard ass because I watched that 70s show when I was fucking younger. And I decreed that outside of Michael Jackson and Metallica and a couple other artists, most of the 80s was shit. Well, I got to tell you, now that I'm older, some of my favorite music comes from the 80s. And I realized it wasn't as whatever the fuck I was trying to put off to be cool. If we got to do that type of shit, it's dumb. All right. If, if how about everyone just shuts the fuck up and go listen to children of the grave from black Sabbath and we'll have a great day. Yeah. I mean, what with Metallica, it's like, it's older fans shitting on younger fans though. And do you think, like I said, that, during, between the Black Album to St. Anger, a lot of those fans were like, fuck Metallica back when they were younger, too, because they, 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 they betrayed us. They went commercial. They cut their hair. I remember all of you motherfuckers. I'm not stupid. <laughs> I was friends with some of y'all. I don't know. I just I do want to I do want to say that appreciate Metallica. Say don't specifically saying don't gatekeep metal. Um, because it needs to be said, and I wish like other metal bands would say it, like Gojira and Deftones, and like some of the bigger, 
like you know uh, I'm tr- uh my, my my brain's slipping right now um they just they just want a grand modern metal mastodon well mastodon's never been they would they would definitely see uh god who just won the grammy guitar player long black hair uh, the beard fuck is his name patrice it's not it's patrici right patrici uh, uh dream theater <sighs> dream theater yeah like th- all of those bands should be out there and say like yeah cuz uh pontier played drums on the new dream theater album etc yeah all those bands should be out there is like let's not let's open up this fucking pit. Like, let's make it as big as possible. (laughs) Like I love metal. The more metal, the better, (laughs) especially if it gets played. You know how awesome it would be if I got into my car and I hit like 97.1 and it wasn't like an Eagles tune and it was metal. That'd be pretty good. (laughs) It'd be pretty good. I mean, I love the Eagles, but like it would be a, a good change of pace. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was cool that Metallica just came out and was like, hey, maybe don't shit on people that are just now finding this because of Stranger Things, especially like teenagers and stuff. Because um, we're old, Dane. Turns out we're fucking old. It, and we're old, and I love Metallica. But they were influenced by guys before them. You know, I, I said Sabbath, and I hope the God that most people know, Ozzy's a part of Sabbath, and they, they, they know that, but who fucking knows? And when it comes down to it, you know, all these guys, it, it, were you a huge fan of, like, King Crimson? Were you a big fan, you know, of, of, of Diamond Head? Like, did you have this much love for the bands before Metallica? <laughs> or is this your band... And I don't know. I just, I hate the attitude. I heard it about bands that I loved in high school, like Blink-182, and how they, like, I hate the whole, like, they sold out, oh, they're my band. People are petty as fuck. I want people to listen to good music, whatever that de- I was, definition is. In high school, I was definitely that douchebag, but don't be that douchebag. I was that douchebag for you. So it's your, it's your, it's your chance to change. <laughs> um, Chris... Chris, Chris learned through his mistakes to die for your sins. Okay, so <laughs> yes, learn, hang me on, learn from hang him. Hang me on a cross. <laughs> oh well, that was a very metal way to end that whole entire thing. But I'm glad that we <laughs> said that. Uh, let's. I, I kind of wanted to do, you know, as at the top of the show, real quick, give a little bit of respect. You had two guys. Uh, I would say big in the Italian community. Uh, pass away this last week. Great actors, James Kahn. Who's actually not Italian? He won best Italian. He said twice in I think Brooklyn, and he explained to him that he was Jewish, and he just played Sonny Corleone, but they gave it to him anyways, and that's how Italians are. You know, he was he was an unofficial Italian and a great fucking actor. I mean, b- besides playing Sonny, you know, in in the first two Godfather movies, Michael's very aggressive brother, um, thief. Uh, I'm trying to think like of all the films with him in it. Uh, Misery, uh, Elf, just a, a crap load of, of, of great films that he's made throughout the years. Great actor. Um, big fan of his son too, Scott Kahn. 
always thought Scott could play a great Wolverine back in the day. That never happened. He was definitely the right size, but game besides the point. And then also, fucking Polly, man. This one. Oh, yeah. Right in the fucking, you know, just hurts, man. The Gabagool. Fucking Tony Cicero. Polly was a great character on Sopranos, and apparently it was pretty much him in real life. And he actually was an ex-mobster. A lot of people don't know that he was involved in the organized crime, got out of all that, and then became an actor. And was probably, arguably, I would say the top two, top three favorite characters on Sopranos. Obviously, Tony's number one, but gotta, I'm going to miss both these guys. And uh, Italy took a hit. Well, Italy, America took a hit. I'll just put it that way. But, you know, my respects to both men. Chris, we lost two uh, giants to us Italians and, and Americans alike. James Kahn, Sonny. It's Sonny for me. Uh, I know he's in other films, but uh, when he wholesale beats the shit out of that guy that's beating on his sister, slams him in the trash can, hits the car door on him, just wholesale whips his ass, and he's just so dumb and bullheaded he gets murdered. It's it's such... Sonny's a great character. It's a great, great character. Um, and that's my James Khan. He's fucking great. And I love him for giving me the Godfather and the role that he played, especially watching the offer where they wanted him to play uh, Michael. At one point, they wanted to switch uh, Al Pacino's role and stuff. Uh, great. I mean, I know he's been in a bunch of other, like you said, Elf and... Um, Oh, you named another one. I can't think of it right now, but great actor. But to me, he's always sunny, and Sonny's fucking great. Uh, oh, this one's gonna hurt really. I don't want Paul. I don't want Paulie to die, dude. <laughs> when I think of Paulie in 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 the Sopranos, I think of the Russian, <laughs> the Russians, when they go into the forest, and it's him and Christopher Maltesanti. Together, it's the best episode of The Sopranos. It's the best. It's so, it's like comedic, but serious. Like, we're gonna freeze and die in this, in this fucking, uh, uh the, what, what is it? The, uh, New Jersey, the Meadowlands. We're gonna freeze and die in the Meadowlands because we can't catch this Russian and Tony has to come save him. It's, it's a great fucking episode. Uh, R.I.P. Both of them. Great moments in my life. I I, I love both of those uh, on-screen moments. And I'm sure James Kahn has done some brilliant-ass shit that I'm not thinking of right now. But uh, I immediately think of, like, uh, I don't want my brother coming out of the stall with nothing but his dick in his hand. That's what I think of. When I think of James Kahn, and uh, when I think of Polly, I'm like, him and Christopher Maltesanti sitting in the fucking car being like <laughs> it's fucking cold so there you go and uh yeah R.I.P. to both guys and just someone fucking just watch all your, your major Italian icons uh Joe Pesci especially this fucking weekend put them in a goddamn cage but uh seriously 
both great actors and uh yeah they will be missed uh let's move on man let's um i guess let's finally start talking about wrestling have we been trying to like avoid it or something it's not a lot that happened this week we covered so much last monday for the fourth of july fourth of july fourth of july show (laughs) that uh you know we just have the shows and a couple news items one's big (laughs) we'll get to it talking about thinking he's an italian fucking mobster um but yeah, dude, it's uh, it's kind of a light week. We say that we'll still do end up doing a fucking three to four hour show somehow. Do you do you think that uh, Sonny could beat up Eddie Kingston in a street fight? Oh my god, I don't think Eddie would want to fuck with Sonny. I think that he would respect him. <laughs> I think He'd that he think would he come up and be like, "I love you, so ring. I think that <laughs> can I kiss the ring? You know, he just has that presence. Oh. Uh, I'm going to miss fucking, god dang it, pissed me off. All right, um, let's start talking about some of this stuff. So the first bit of business, I guess let's start off with this fucking thing. God, all right. So what I'm about to do is try to explain to people why a comment on Twitter might aggravate fans and they pull a card that has nothing to do with the aggravation or why people are annoyed with their original statements. So I know that sounds vague as shit, but since, you know, I don't know, because Impact was on, and I like her as a wrestler, and I don't really know much about her personality other than a certain other things, and I like her, uh, Jonathan Gresham's beautiful wife, badass wrestler Jordan Grace, she got online and she made a hot take, but then she didn't really want backlash and kind of used blaming the backlash on fans because she made the the observation that she that that Chris Benoit, in her opinion, and I think I have the screenshots to actually clarify things, so I'll just try to do this. This is going to be the coldest take I ever tweet on this app. I already know. Y'all going to be mad. So that's a good way of handling it and then bitching later when people are mad. Um, I don't think Benoit could 100% hang with most of the present-day uh, best wrestlers. He would not be able to remember matches. Also, may he burn in hell. Amen. This was based off of someone talking about uh, re- like a comment that someone else made about wrestlers being able to still be able to talk about Benoit in context of them wrestling, even though they know what inevitably happened, how it's just crazy because uh, of being able to separate it, I guess. And um, of course people fucking love this take, but some of the, some of the smarter things that were said was Gail Kim said controversial for sure. I disagree though, with the take of hanging with today with the best of the best today, he most certainly could. And I saw someone comment about Kurt Angle and another about Dean Malenko couldn't either. They would mop the floor with everyone. And the thing that's annoying is that even that Jordan from here would even say that basically that it didn't matter. Like she already, I just personally can't separate the person from the wrestler. And I forgot what wrestler commented that. But, and then they said, then don't comment on his wrestling ability. And this is the thing. I don't know how Chris feels about this, but with me, when it comes to this, the reason I'm annoyed about the whole situation when you get all this context 
is that she was gloating about the fact that she doesn't think that a wrestler from that era and then fucking gets other idiots younger, you know, she's 27, so she's not too young, but I'm just saying, that wouldn't have grown up on that generation. And I saw, like like Gail Kim said, Kurt Angle thrown out in conversation. Like, he wouldn't be able to do this. D. Malenko. So it's... We, we have this, this, this statement said, people agreeing with it, and then people that were basically like, that's, that's delusional, that's absolutely ridiculous, or then calling her out about the fact that she basically stated to Gail Kim that she can't separate it, and she's not really watching, I'm assuming, his stuff, so this doesn't really come from any major basis. But the fact that newer wrestlers, like Jordan apparently think that improvising was something that was not bad, but, like, lesser than being able to memorize a match. And that, I'm sorry, people want to try and make this controversial. First of all, if she didn't want a fucking argument, she wouldn't have made her statement. She wouldn't have started by saying it's going to piss off people. But then her and other fans to turn around and start saying that you're defending Chris Benoit for what he did, and that blah, blah, blah. And there was some fucking idiots that were in there. There's always going to be idiots like that. Some of them are delusional and probably believe, uh, you know, some conspiracies with this fucking death and shit like that. There's morons out there. But most of the people were just calling you out that you didn't know what the fuck you were talking about, that improvising is a lost art that actually makes matches look good, and that rehearsing a lot of times makes it look like shit and that your work rate, you think you can stay in the ring with Crispin? Like, none of this is fucking there. I don't know if she was trying to put herself out there right before her show came out. She is a world champion over at Impact, uh, but it was just dumb comments. And then Chavo Guerrero got a lot of shit for saying that some of the stuff that she said was, uh, I forgot the exact wording, but was not, wasn't the most intelligent stuff. Uh, Lance Storm even said Curtin is prime was could uh, compete with anyone and was a total machine. And then Chavo said, I think Jordan Grace lost a lot of wrestling credibility from some of her comments. And once again, Chavo was much closer. I'm surprised Jericho does, didn't say anything. He usually does chime in and shit like this and tell people to shut the fuck up. But Chavo was, was close to Benoit, obviously. But I'm sure what he is saying, I believe, is the same stuff that that people that are wrestling fans, older wrestling fans, were annoyed by. It's like the lack of logic and thinking that <laughs> that memorizing is 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 much more complicated than being able to go out there and improvise a match. I think that's the main fucking thing. But people got to spin it. She wanted the attention, but she didn't want to deal with the negative attention. And I think it's just silly and kind of just makes me smack myself on the forehead about younger fans and wrestlers, honestly. When we've gotten this far removed from wrestling, where it's like, like, oh, that improvised wrestler? That's like, that's so 20 years ago, Chris. So 20 years. I'm going to start with Jordan Grace. I love Jordan Grace. I think she's great. I've put her over on this podcast multiple times. This was a dumb take. And, like, I don't know if she was just watching Chris Benoit videos. And if she was watching Chris Benoit videos of, like, 
how crisp his wrestling was. Uh, and that's what she came out of, out of it with. It's kind of weird. Um, but to be fair to her, if she can't separate, like separate the, um, the murder suicide from the wrestler and she just hates him. That's fine. You're always going to hate how his work looks and there's a reason why he, he doesn't get more love than he actually should. Then, but Chris, but, 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 great. but then why make the comment a talking about his wrestling ability and not being able to hang with her because of modern style wrestling? Right. So I didn't see that. I did. She, she actively said that he couldn't hang with her. Yeah, I mean, I, I read it right from the beginning of this. Because, I mean, she couldn't hang with Zack Ryder, so I don't, not being a dick, but I, she's not at the level to be able, like, if it was Kitty Omega being like, Chris Benoit couldn't hang with me, or like Okada's like, Chris Benoit couldn't hang with me, um, maybe there's a little bit more to that. You know, like, mm-hmm. Jordan Grace, you're you're good wrestler. You're you're good, but you're not even the best female wrestler in the world. <laughs> like you're not even you're maybe like eight or nine in the top ten. And I'm not even trying to be a dick about that. Like if, if who's your five favorite female wrestlers right off the rip, Dane? Off the rip of my head, uh, shit. Uh, Charlotte, uh, Thunder Rosa. Oh, God, this is actually harder than... Um, uh, I don't know. I'm forgetting every female wrestler now in the existence of man. <laughs> she, Jordan's not going to be... Jordan's not going to be on the top five, basically. I'm not... I mean... And that, that, that's... Deeb's another one. Fuck yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, probably uh, Tony Storm's up there too. But I get what you're saying. Yeah, I get what you're saying. It's, you're you're not a... She's not at a level, even in the company of Impact, to be able to condemn someone. You haven't trailed that path. I mean, I know you have the social media championship and you just won the women's championship, and good for you. And I, I love Jordan Grace. I think she's a really good wrestler. But you're not on the level to talk about Chris Benoit, it, at least to at least where people would care about it, where people would think that your opinion matters. Um, not to be a dick, but that's that's where you're at. So when Chavo comes out, uh, I think that she, maybe she should go back and look at the skin. It's like, yeah, she probably fucking should. Uh, so, I mean, the entire thing, it, it doesn't really matter. I guess it if is Impact turning her heel? That's the other thing. Like, who knows? Is, is, is this no like idea. a weird... Like, because, I mean... Husband turned heel on Friday, or last night, right? Are they going to do a double heel turn, and this was just part of it in social media? 
And uh, I, I mean, she's going to say Kurt Angle's the goat later on in comments. And I'm like, I don't know that Kurt Angle is better than Chris Benoit as far as wrestling. I don't goes. know if even Kurt Angle would say that would be hard probably for him to answer in the ring. A, yeah, exactly. I'm just, all right. So in 2011, unless my math is completely off, she was what? 11 years old. Right. She's 27, 26. I'm just saying that, and I don't blame anyone for having a, preconceived concept because of hearing about what we all experienced it it fucking sucked i wasn't watching wrestling that devastated the shit out of me of course there was people that made illogical anyone wanted an answer that wasn't what it was it was a guy whose brain was fucking mush that snapped over something and then went into fucking do what he did it's terrible but i just don't see here watching a lot of his matches just knowing the situation not being able to separate the two and then going to make a hot comment and then bitching at people and saying that they're just defending him for what that he did when it has nothing to do with that. We're just your logic, especially, like I said, trying to make it look like people that memorize matches, that that's more of a technique that's that's that that's harder in wrestling than improvising. Look, the only person that mastered that concept was Macho Man. No one has since. I'm sorry. Most wrestling is usually a hybrid or heavily improvised that we liked back in the day. Um, it's I, I think that when we talk about memorizing, that honestly to me is something that ruins modern wrestling a lot of times because they don't know how to improvise. I, I think that it depends on the teams involved. <laughs> yeah, and, absolutely. Or the wrestlers involved. In the storyline going in, the storyline matters a lot. If the storyline shit, you could book the best match of all time. It's not going to be. I mean, it could be like a really good in-ring match, but it's not going to fucking matter. Like the reason Okada and Omega mattered is it's like Omega is the guy gene finally getting his shot at the title. And he's going to take him for 60 minutes. That's why it matters. Um, but yeah, it's it. This is just such a dumb thing. I don't even know why we're fucking talking. Because Jordan Grace, (laughs) who cares? It's 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 not so much, and that that's the thing. I just don't like that type of perception that people that were sticking up for her or herself were going after fans saying that you're sticking up for a murderer. And it's like, no, it just her statement was inaccurate. It was. It was silly, and it, and you could tell that it was for attention, and you can't call out someone for that. I mean, she literally, second sentence in, said that this is probably going to piss a lot of you off, something to that extent. So if you're if you're setting out the fucking the bombs, don't expect them not to go off. I mean, it's just dumb. I guess we do yeah, have a slow I, day. I, I think you I think you said this best in chat. It's like if you start going after everyone that's ever committed a sin, then like every Weinstein Company film is a race. I hate Quentin Tarantino now, apparently. Yeah. Or I can't watch so, uh, uh, fucking Roman Polanski's uh, – what the fuck's the movie called? Oh, my God. The, the one that takes cl- – Clerks doesn't exist. <laughs> Yeah, oh like, my god, my, one of my oh Chinatown. I'm fucking blanking with Jack Nicholson. One of my favorite movies of all time. 
Roman Polanski. He's a piece of shit. He's garbage. I mean, I can separate stuff, but it's not even that. It's like quit thinking that you're so cocky. Like, oh, my memorized skills are so much better than B B B. And when idiots start throwing Kurt Angle and Dean Malenko in there, I just think less of the wrestling mind from your generation. I'm sorry. I don't care if I sound like an old curmudgeon. That's where it makes me go. Personally. I mean, the worst the worst part about it was that she was like, I don't. I thought Chris Benoit was overrated. Then immediately doubled down and been like, I can't separate the wrestler from the person. And then. Kurt Angle got brought up, and she's like, Kurt's the GOAT. And I'm like, Kurt's not the GOAT. I mean, he's good. He ain't the fucking GOAT. The GOAT's Ric Flair. Motherfuckers. Like, as far as, like, getting paid and getting laid, that's Ric Flair. He's the now, best. If, territory and not only that, territory. <laughs> you, you, think of, you think of anyone collectively that's got that type of GOAT concept or some of the best wrestlers in the ring. You're Shawn Michaels. Your Ric Flair's, your Kurt Angles, someone that would be considered that. What do all three of them have in common? If you said who they actually fucking knew him, if you said to them, can take out the situation, do you think that Benoit was an incredible in-ring wrestler? They would all hands down be like, yeah, he was one of the best I ever worked with or saw. Or I'm sure all three of them would fucking say that. So and I'm sure Bret Hart would. I'm sure Steamboat would. And they didn't work with him. You know, I. It's just. They, it's they would stupid. all say that, and they would all put them, put him over, if the position exactly. given. And and I mean that's that's, that's like all, all right. Is. So I'm gonna try to equivalent to people that are still maybe on this. The last thing I'll say. It's it's all right. So obviously he didn't do any of the heinous stuff that Chris Benoit said, but I would feel that same way if someone was trying to spit that logic with Eddie Guerrero and telling me Eddie couldn't keep up with wrestlers. Because of modern day, because you wouldn't be able to memorize a match. I would have the same exact opinion. It's not about what you're trying to make it about. Uh, it's actually about the statement itself that was said, if that makes sense. And that's that, that's all I got to say. Whatever you want to finish it with, buddy. No, I'll say it's fair. If you just hate Chris Benoit, you hate Chris Benoit. And if you think that he should not be recognized in wrestling in general, just say he should not be res- like recognized in general. But then don't judge his talent. Don't judge his talent in the ring. A dynamite you kid don't know. should not be. Yeah, John Dynamite Kid should not be recognized in wrestling. If we're if we're just going to start doing a deep dive of terrible people in wrestling. Uh, There's a good chance that you don't want to fucking love Ric Flair as much. (laughs) I'm sorry. There's a lot of stuff for everyone. You can thin a lot of fucking people out. But if you're just talking about their in-ring ability and what they were able to bring to the table during the time that they were professional wrestlers, Chris Benoit is one of the best of all time. In the ring. Now, if you fucking want to hate him because of what he did, I completely understand that. But separate the two. They don't they don't have to be mutual. And if you can't do it, don't maybe blast it on Twitter and say, like, I think he's an overrated wrestler because there's a lot of wrestling fans that have separated it. There's Chris Benoit, the person, and there's Chris Benoit, the wrestler, and there's a lot of wrestlers that have separated it. There's Chris Benoit, the wrestler, and Chris Benoit, the person. They're going to be like, you're full of fucking shit. Chris Benoit could work his fucking ass. You see that match he had with Kevin Sullivan? 
arena match in WCW, that should have been terrible, but they're great. <laughs> like, it's Chris Benoit's fucking a great wrestler. Um, he doesn't deserve as much love as I'm giving him right now, but he's a fucking great wrestler. And uh, actually, you know what? Who knows? Like, I don't know what his brain was going through and all the shit. And it sucks. Like, it's a terrible situation. It's always terrible to talk about in general. But, uh, like, in ring, Christmas was fucking great. Like, one of the best of all time. Christmas fuck can he can he can he can work like he can he can work like a a big man match small man match he can tell a story he's fucking great like I'm sorry <laughs> that he was a shitty person but in ring he was a good person I I I, I, I it's it's one of those ones where my brain just eliminates that. It's the same thing with like Terrell Owens as a football player. Terrell Owens, and, and obviously Terrell Owens didn't kill anyone, or Allen Iverson. They're the greatest of their time period. It's ridiculous how good they are, but they're like everyone hated them because <laughs> of their personal issues. It's it's not the same thing, but it's kind of the same thing. You have to separate what you could do. In, in your realm of job, right, versus your personal life kind of thing. Yeah, personal life versus uh, athleticism, actual con- contributing towards the sport or with this thing, um, the improvised sport. Well, I guess we're not. Anyways, that's it. I'm done talking about this. Let's move on to something else that, of course, is not going to be anywhere near as controversial as this. Oh, Jesus Christ. This was yesterday, I believe, Chris. I messaged you. Um, so uh, the good people at the Wall Street Journal found out more information about Mr. Vincent Kennedy McMahon. And we found out that now on top of the one um, female that was the paralegal uh, that became the assistant and got a huge um, raise uh, for for. Uh, Man, I, I, I'm happy I forgot his name, but uh, uh, good old uh, hey, kid, um, <laughs> Johnny Ace, <laughs> Johnny Ace. All right, Johnny Ace. Uh, and then they gave her what was it, two million dollars hush money to get the fuck out of there? Well, she got paid an extra hundred thousand dollars and then stuck around and got transferred to Johnny Ace and they got a three. $3 million settlement with a non-disclosure clause. I think that is the official statement. Well, um, Jesus fucking Christ. So four women we find out besides her, and this is not including the allegations that have arose from the 19, either it was 89 to 91, whatever, the referee female that said that Vince, you know, uh, made a sexual advance at her um, back in the day. And uh, now we have four more women and a total of $12 million between all of them to keep all their, their mouths shut, basically, from whatever situation, either, either inappropriateness or, you know, hooking up with him or, you know, same situation. So one of them that is probably the biggest 
uh, is that out of the 12, $7.5 million specifically went to a former wrestler who claimed that McMahon coerced her into giving him oral sex, demoted her, and then decided not to renew her contract in 2005 after she resisted further sexual encounters with him. Per the journal report, the wrestler and her lawyer reportedly negotiated a non-disclosure agreement in 2018. So they're getting details from people that knew those people. And this is now up to, well, technically, this is five women, and then the allegations resurfaced from 1989. So that's six separate incidents. 7.5 to a female wrestler that was back in 2000, that was wrestling between 2003, 2005. I mean, me and Chris... We're not going to be going over a fucking guessing game of who it could be. That's fucked up. Whoever that happened to, shitty situation. It's just, it's really disturbing. Uh, Netflix apparently has said that they are not doing the Vince McMahon documentary anymore. You know, the one where it starts off with him being so heroic and taking over the business from his dad and putting it back on the ground and rebuilding it. In his image, and then at the end of it, you get him in Stone Cold one last time at WrestleMania. By the way, who completely knew that this was going to start happening a couple months later, since that's when all the, uh, the the legal stuff going back and forth started started happening and surfacing at first with the uh, Wall Street Journal. So, what in the fuck, man? I mean, I knew Vince wasn't the best guy, but this shit. This is scathing. I don't think we're going to be seeing appearances. And uh, I think this is going to definitely put in the uh, favor to get him off the board. And he's going to have to deal with some real fucking bullshit going forward. Because this is not good. Like now, even if he paid that $12 million, some of it's inappropriate actions. Not like, you know, everything's on the cool, even though we don't really know that with the, the other lady. Now we're talking about him using his company to persuade females, Harvey Weinstein style, into sticking around and getting raises by having sexual advances with him. That's disgusting. That's now proving this whole entire thing. So I don't fucking know. I hope they have a lot of proof on it because if that's the case, he he needs to be done. Like I thought we were going to have a sad outing events where he's basically around until he shouldn't be, which seems like it's already happening. Uh, nope, he's going to have a Vince McMahon the character style ending, Chris, it seems. Hey, I hope his limo doesn't blow up or anything, but I'm just saying. <laughs> um, all right, let me go legal first, I guess. Everyone signed NDAs. So there's not a whole lot they can do unless they can prove that he pulled money from the company, publicly traded company, to pay them off. Otherwise, they can't talk in court. They can't really do anything. All the testimony is going to be thrown out. Um, So that's shitty. Vince McMahon as a person has always been a terrible person. This is not news. Um 
as far as the stockholders go, I think they're going to ride Vince McMahon as long as they can because he's the guy that made wrestling in their eyes and made these television deals happen and made the Saudi Arabia deal happen. And, uh, you know, when you start talking about investors and if they actually care about human life. <laughs> oh, no, I don't want to get political here, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll take this on a different uh, chat, but yeah, it's it's just going to be more WWE. I mean, he'll get pulled off the board. It won't really matter. He owns the majority of the company unless they sell the company, and the company doesn't position him as a person. It doesn't matter. Like they've already told us as a company, it's like he's off the board, but he's still our creative, uh, which is shitty. That's very shitty, especially if you're one of these uh, females that he had relations with and paid you off. That's very shitty. I do want to hear his side of the story. It's never going to happen. Um, I would just like to hear another side of the story in general, even though I'm just going to go ahead and assume that Vince is a scumbag. Right, <laughs> but we're we're making broad assumptions, and you know we they can't do anything to him. A lot of this stuff was like twenty years ago. So, see, the one wonder the situation with this this wrestler uh, back in two thousand three, two thousand five ish time period, um, and her literally. Basically, kind of a Harvey Weinstein's type situation. Did Harvey Weinstein not probably have some of the women that went back against him, that piled up uh, against him, have NDAs with him? Because when it comes down to it, the thing that really hurt him was commercial success with his production company because of his name being attached before he even went under for some of the other stuff. Because what I'm saying is, if this stuff is proven true, and you're saying, well, this is through, you know, and I, I, I agree with you, but I'm just, let me put it out there, that this is actually other people associated with that person, and the person themselves can't specifically say anything because of the NDA. Still, if that gets back to, like, Fox or or USA, or this is driven <laughs> huge in the public with modern people, especially women who all of a sudden don't, used to not give a fuck about wrestling, but now hate Vince McMahon, same type of level of publicity, they're not going to want him to be. I mean, I'm sh- he's he'll have money involvement, but he's going to be he's going to make WWE look that much terrible and kill endorsements with people other than Saudi Arabians, basically at that point, because of his image. That could I mean, really would, hinder WWE and a selling price for them eventually. Is all I'm saying. You would think smart people would feel that way, but also Donald Trump got elected president, so I don't. I don't know what to tell you, bud. Uh, I, d- I don't think it's going to matter matter that much to Vince McMahon. He owns the majority of the company. He's not going to be the leader of the board, but they put his daughter in charge, which he's still in charge of. Until this man dies, he's still going to be the WWE guy. Unless they can find something that puts him in fucking prison, which might be really, really well, good. They're going to be looking. <laughs> Um, because this guy 
even going back to the 90s, was not on the up and up. If, even if we go back to the Pat Patterson foot fetish shit and the steroid trial, and they paid them off back then, like, this isn't, like, the, I was not surprised. Me and you both said, now who else comes out? And we're, we're what, three weeks into this? There's going to be more. <laughs> There's going to be more. Like, uh, this will be a level of Bill Cosby. The only difference is he's paying them and not date raping them, I guess. Doesn't make it better. Um, but I, I, I don't see this ending very well for Vince. I feel like Vince, this is no. going to be the one that shackles him. Either way, there's going to be some type of repercussions, I would believe. If you're using your company and a person's growth within that company by saying you have to suck my penis, um, that's never good. And there's a lot of very far left or just just people in general, women that are are going to find out about this more and more with the media. And that shit's going to be a fucking a hashtag fuck Vince. I don't know, man. I'm just saying it's modern times. So, yeah, this doesn't look good. He's not. I don't know. He's not I mean, I don't. I don't know, Dan. Just grab her by the pussy. Everything's fine, right? I don't know. You keep on throwing the the Trump concept, but I mean, I think that's separate. They're I don't best know friends. How that... <laughs> yeah, yeah. But at one time, he was best friends with Bill Clinton too, until they, do, they were supposed to not like each other and shit. And I mean, it's very, it's very similar because they're big personalities within their TV realms. So you can't separate the person from the character. And that is the problem. Like Vince McMahon's popping out on Monday Night Raw and getting a, a fucking like a standing ovation. Yeah, and then four more women came surface plus eighties allegations. You know, it's like you said, it's it's gonna happen more week to week. This is gonna be an increase. I, I just can't see this all of a sudden just being at, with every fucking person that gets completely canceled on Twitter. They're not gonna go after Vince. They're gonna pretend he has he didn't do a goddamn thing. Yep. Well, I think me and you think differently, and we'll have to come back to it because I, mean, I don't well, see that happening. I I mean I hope they do, but um, it's been three weeks and they haven't they we we haven't seen it yet. Where's the where's the signs? Where's the people like being absolutely mad at him? While going to his product that he is booking. I think that a lot of people that go to his product that might not know a lot of the inside stuff. And I think a lot of the people that would give a shit wouldn't watch wrestling and are just probably going to now start finding out about this. Uh, They don't give a fuck that it's a WWE or wrestling. They're going to care that some CEO, you know, uses a position to get his dick wet and paid a bunch of money for women to shut the fuck up and fuck them. I mean, that's yeah. A, I, I mean, I agree with you, but it's this wasn't just wrestling news. This was all news. <laughs> I don't know. I guess we'll find out. But either way, Vincent Kennedy McMahon, shit back. Yeah, piece of shit. Good Booker. He did it for a long time and was really good at it. Doesn't mean he's not a shit back. Also, he covered up for the Jimmy Snuka murder, so remember that. A lot of other allegations. I'm sure we'll start pouring out, but uh, watch him. Watch you be right, 
in, in some way in Monday Night Raw, fucking Vince comes out to start the show. We'll find out. I don't know if that's the smartest thing to do, but, you know, he's got a billion dollars. Goddamn. All right. Um, I wanted to go over the cards for two upcoming uh, pay-per-views. Uh, now that we have more of a full detail of it before we go into some of these shows, Chris. Um, so the Ric Flair show has pretty much, they had all the uh, announcements. The person that we still don't know, it's it's going to be Ric Flair and FTR, and they're going against the Rock and Roll Express. It's pretty much, uh, even though they're working a storyline and cutting promos on each other, it's pretty much, it's going to be Jay Lethal. But for right now, we don't know that. But we have Jacob Fatu from MLW going against Josh Alexander uh, for the Impact World title. We have Rachel Ellering, Jordan Grace, Indiana Prazo in a three-way match for the Impact Women's World Championship. Clark Connors and Ren Narita from New Japan Strong are going to have a last, uh, sorry, it, the name of the thing is the last match. So if I say that, apologize. But, uh, Clark Connors, Ren Narita in a match. Killer Cross with Scarlett Bardot is going against Harry Smith. We got the Wolves against the Motor City Machine Guns. Uh, then we have Ray Phoenix, Toros, Laredo Kid, and Bandito in a four-way match. Uh, presented by AAA, basically. And then the Von Ericks, Marshall and Ross, going against them boys, the Briscoes, in a tag match. So this is now MLW, Impact. AAA, AEW, New Japan, all providing for this pay-per-view for Ric Flair. A little bit of a king of controversy himself, for sure. Uh, but apparently this is his last match. Dude, this this is looking like a fucking bad... Like, there's a potential that this, this pay-per-view with matches that happens on Saturday, Chris, could end up being better than fucking SummerSlam. We don't know the matches on there, but I'm pretty sure I know a majority of them based on what the fuck they're doing over and over again on, on Raw and SmackDown. But um, I'm just saying. I mean, we know one of them, and that's like that could be match of the year, FTR versus the Briscoes. Jesus Christ. Those two cats going at it again. All the titles on the line. You think the Briscoes are going to get it? Well, we're not talking about Ring of Honor. We're talking about the Ric Flair thing. Oh, fuck. God damn it. Uh, FTR versus... Uh, F- uh, Motor City Machine Guns versus who? Sorry. My brain you skipped. To, no, no, you no, want no, me to do good. the list again? Uh, so we have uh, rock, and, uh, rock and Roll and... Yes, do the list again. Sorry. Fuck. No problem. Sorry. My brain skipped. We'll do I, I was thinking Ring of Honor. Pay-per-view, which is uh, next. That's not next weekend, but the weekend after next. So, yeah. All right. Um, so the Rock and Roll Express will be probably with Jay Lethal, but it hasn't been 100% confirmed. They're trying to build a semi-story with it against Flair and FTR. That's the main event. Okay, who do you who do you have as a winner on that one, Flair? Yeah, I mean, kind of has to. 
Or do you think he goes out on his back like Terry Funk? He's like, got loose, my last match. No, Terry Funk would do that. I don't see Ric Flair do that. <laughs> yeah, Ric Flair's going out on top. Jay, of one, two, three, you're out. I agree with you. Figure four on Jay Lethal. Poor Jay Lethal is going to tap. Oh, and he'll tap with no problems, but he'll probably be like, "This is." I'm, I actually hope this is Rick's last match. It's not going to mean shit two years from now if he decides to do another one. Um, mm-hmm. Josh Alexander, Jacob Fatu for the Impact World title. Well, obviously, Josh Alexander is going to win because Jacob's MLW, but still, this is going to be a fucking awesome match. I think this will be great. I, I Impact might have some fuckery here as an interference. Run in? Mm-hmm. I, w- I would think MLW would want to protect Fatu and w- yeah, it would be a good time. See. see, I haven't watched the last Impact, but maybe they're building towards a person that's going to come out is going to be the guy going against Josh Alexander. Uh, hopefully not Moose again, just because we've already fucking done that to death. Don't worry, I think it's it's got to be Sammy, right? I haven't watched the last one either, but I'm assuming it's Sammy Callahan. That's what I'm thinking. Um, which they're having a fucking awesome match. They're having the Wolves versus uh, whatever Sammy and uh, John Moxley's old tag team from uh, CZW was. Uh, they're having a match somewhere that was promoted on Fight. I was like, ooh, that would be cool. Anyways, Rachel Ellering, Jordan Grace, Deanna Perrazzo, Impact World. Uh, the women's uh, knockout championship. I I don't. I mean, unless you're going to put it on Deanna again, I would just keep it on Jordan Grace. <laughs> yeah, but then she said the dumb shit, so it's she's probably going on Rachel Ellery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, here's the thing. I kind of thought about that. Scott Demore started in wrestling. Uh, you know back with Benoit back when they were young in Canada and shit like that. So he knew him at a very, I don't know. I don't know if that's going to affect anything, but I mean, could. one of the book, one of the booking agents is fucking Lance storm <laughs> for this man. They probably put it on Deanna. Fuck her. Why, why you ruin your run, dude? <laughs> it could happen. It could easily happen. I could easily see Deanna just snap suplexing these cats. And, or, and, and getting a W, <laughs> like, and Tolly Tolly's uh, daughter could just get a win and join his group, the Enterprise, and carry the titles. So very good point. Jordan Grace did not do herself any favor by pissing off a lot of people that love <laughs> Chris Benoit and were close to him as friends by being like. I don't think he was that good of a wrestler. I think he was overrated. Like, fuck out of here. You did this to yourself. I, I think she's losing the title just because of that. Well, like I, like we both came to conclusions. Scott Demore, friends with Benoit from back in the day. Old Canadian kid. Lance Storm obviously knew him. Um, yeah, you know, it's a, it's a good chance she might have uh, annoyed a couple of the people. Well, not only that, they're champions. Josh Alexander who has, is a huge Benoit fucking fan. Her husband is Jonathan Gresham, who's a big Dean Malenko, like has gone back and watched all the technical guys. Like, did no one like... 
bring her to the side and be like, that was really dumb. You shouldn't have said that. That was just. But he's a murderer. But that's not. That's besides the point, Jordan. You yeah, said that uh, you're uh, better than her. He, he was too late. She already hit the Twitter. Gresham was like, don't do that. And she had no. already hit the Twitter. <laughs> he came out of the pool with a Leviathan mask on. He's like, no. <laughs> In slow motion. I mean, like, yeah, you should have saved that one for when you don't have a title if you want to make a hot take. Jesus. Oh, I Christ. love Jordan Grace. I think Jordan Grace is a great wrestler. I think she's in really good shape and could like if she was brought into AEW or WWE, there's some like you could position her very highly, but that was a dumb take. That's gonna piss some people off. <laughs> Especially See, like, <laughs> in the company you work in <laughs> with not, Scott not- Moore and Lance Storm. Not not to hurt what she said, but I mean, we have gone down the throats of of Seth Rollins for saying stupid shit in the past that were just like, oh, like why did you say that? Or and I I've, I've felt that way sometimes about Kenny, you know. But like, if you put it on the fucking internet, people get to read it, and you can still be an amazing wrestler like Kenny Omega or Seth Rollins, but. You know, you got to fucking it, don't be like, oh, so everyone wants to fucking yell at me and defend the murderer. No, no. You literally were trying to pick a fight. So what the fuck did you expect? So stupid. Don't yeah, get but defensive. Kenny, yeah, Kenny and Seth backs it up, though. I don't know. Jordan Grace can back. Well, maybe <laughs> that's Barbara Chicken like, because she's got to. Yeah, never mind. Uh, um, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I hope. yes, she can back it up. Dane Carr. <laughs> Carr. All right, so let's go. Let's go move with the match because we've talked about the set length, and I agree with you. But um, this one sounds pretty cool. Scarlett Bardot's coming out with her man, Killer Cross, to go against Harry Smith. I say Killer Cross, but that's going to be a fucking aggressive physical match. Killer Cross, Scarlett Bardot together again. They got the win. It's going to be I'm awesome. Sure these- I'm sure these guys have had matches in the past, Chris. You might have seen them, but hey, two of the top um, New Japan LA Dojo, Clark Connors, Ren Narita, getting sent from New Japan on this show for Ric Flair. I'm gonna go with Clark Connors, but I I'm mean, gonna go with Clark. I'm gonna go with Clark Connors as well because they're trying to push him. He won the Young Lions tournament, and they put him in a. Uh, he lost to Ishii, and he filled in for Ishii, so I feel like he's gonna get the win here. Yep. All right. Um, this tag match I'm looking forward to probably the most, even though both tag matches are awesome. You got the Wolves, Davey Richards and Eddie Edwards, scoring down Ooh. with Alex Shelley and Chris Saban, the Motor City Machine Guns, um, for a tag match. They haven't had a match in years against each other. I'm going to go Motor City Machine Guns, but this, that's, this is going to be a fun fucking throwback match. I will never cheer against the Motor City Machine Guns, so I'm going Motor City Machine Guns. All right. Let's fucking um, go. Alex Shelley, uh, slice bread number two for the pin. All right, we got a four-way from AAA. Ray Phoenix, Toros, Laredo Kid, and Bandito. Has not been confirmed as for any title, uh, but Ray Phoenix holds one of those titles. Actually, no. 
He holds the cruiserweight and the Latin American championship, and Bendito has the world championship. So they could probably put some belts on the line. Either way, Ray Phoenix. I mean, he's the biggest guy out of this. I like Toros. I like Laredo Kid, and I love Bandito, but, you know, it's Ray Phoenix. I think Bandito gets a win here because they're going to use him in Ring of Honor. All right. But, I mean, I think yeah. that yeah. Yeah, yeah, that team wins, but, like, Bandito was super over at that Ring of Honor show on the pay-per-view, and I feel like that's someone they can use. And uh, Phoenix doesn't really need it, right? Like, doesn't need the pin here. No, and he's, like I said, he's got the two other championships that Vikingo doesn't have, basically, in AAA. So, he's pretty decorated. I'd, I, you, I could see Bandito winning over Phoenix. Um, this is a cool concept for a match, Chris. And I hope Clark Connors uh, meets uh, two of these guys. But you got Marshall and Ross, the Von Erics. Going against them boys, the Briscoes. And I wonder if there was part of Ric Flair that was like, wait, are those Gerald's kids? Uh, are those Jerry's kids that I don't know about? But we got the Von Erics and the Briscoes in this time period, but a very different version of what it would have been back in the 80s. Can we get Papa Briscoe? And I want Papa Briscoe. Papa Briscoe <laughs> on one side, and then the other side, you got fucking their dad, Kevin Von Eric. <laughs> yeah, Papa Briscoe's like, fuck you, Kevin Monarch. I'll fight you in Chicken Field. He's like, what does that mean? He's like, you're going to find out. <laughs> um, you guys over Hawaii. I got Briscoe's. Briscoe's have to win this because they're going for the titles against FDR. I love this. I, I want it should them to be make a good like match. It's so throwback. Like I, I know the Briscoes aren't related to the actual Briscoes, but still, it's just seeing the Von Erics versus the Briscoes, that's kind of hilarious how it works. It's, and... it's why it's so great, though, because the Briscoes can work any style match. They really can. Like, even better than FTR. I know FTR is the new heat, and everybody loves them. But Briscoes have been doing this for years, like, we have like the uh, Rick Steiner Scott Steiner match. We have the ladder match. We'd have the Kevin Owens El Generico match. They're the best. They're the fucking best. So would this you is say be a really a good, good goddamn match? Would you would you say a good comparison is if the Briscoes are to FDR what Motor City Machine Guns are to the Young Bucks? Does that make sense? Similar flavor came a couple of years afterwards, probably influenced by, you know. I would say the Briscoes are chasing Midnight Express, but it's uh, no Briscoes are actually Midnight Express and FDR is chasing. Okay. But All right. Uh, FDR is really great. They're fucking great. Tastic. FDR uh, like FDR got launched by the Briscoes, though. Let that be known. They got launched. After that Ring of Honor match, they were like, oh, we're going to do all these Ducks hardwood stuff. Before then, we hadn't seen that tag team in like three months. So I know. It's a good point. And that started them winning mega tag team championship gold and two other huge promotions. Um, yeah, you're absolutely right. But hey, this is this is going to be a fucking great card, man. I'm looking forward to this. This is a Saturday. 
And what I was initially saying to you, Chris, uh, this is Saturday. SummerSlam's the next night, uh, same weekend. Because of how fucking Raw and SmackDown have put together the same goddamn feuds over and over again, I know it has Brock Lesnar against Roman Reigns, but this card has potential to be a better wrestling show than SummerSlam the same weekend. For sure. I think this is a better card. And yep. with FTR versus the Briscoes, there's your there's your storyline too. Um, so like you can build storyline into it. Uh, so it's not just like it's going to be out work rate or whatever. But uh, I mean, I Lesnar versus uh, Roman that, that might be very good. I don't know. We'll see. Well, WrestleMania sucked, so hopefully it's not like that. Um, I know they had issues, but I'm just saying oh. the match should have been fucking awesome. Austin Theory could just kill both of them. That'd be pretty good. ATL. All right, uh, let's announce. <laughs> Idol. You can't uh, just say go. ATL and not get Ho after it. <laughs> you got it for me, man. Tag team, tag team. Um, Death Before Dishonor. So we do have the card pretty much. I'm sure there's going to be additions, but it's more, I would say, uh, fleshed out, Chris, uh, especially if you watched last night. Um, and this is going to be on the 23rd, so two more weeks in Massachusetts. I, I guess the big one we don't know is who Jonathan Gresham is going against for the world championship. And he's obviously having the match next week with um lee moriarty so that's not going to be the person so me and you both kind of chimed in that cesaro aka claudio Casanoli, would be a perfect person to go for the title at this event and i kind of hope that happens because they would have a fantastic match yeah claudio would be great um Matt Seidel would be the outside pick, I guess. And uh, if they want to combine titles to not have to do with uh, pure rules, maybe you have Willer Yuta win and then go against the champion here and win and combine titles. Interesting concept. I would rather the TV title get put into one because I like the pure style matches. I just think it's a little bit different, but, um, I don't think that a W is going to be able to book that very well. Well, actually no one's able to book that very well, except for delirious, unless they've hired delirious. The, the, the whole idea of their pure title is going to go fucking very South, very quick. I could see that. But either way, will are you to Daniel Garcia? Hey, if you got two guys from AEW to have a Ring of Honor pure match, quote unquote, I mean, one guy reminds me of, uh, you know, uh, what the hell is Dan? What, what's uh, Brian Danielson called? The Dragon? The American Dragon. Yeah, one reminds me of the American Dragon. The other one r- reminds me of Ricky the Dragon. Um, will are you to Daniel Garcia? They've already had a feud, obviously, because of. Jericho's group going against the Blackpool Combat Club. Um, looking forward to this. This should be a really fucking great technical match. But I think I, Yuda I, needs I, to retain. 
He's only defended that thing like two or three times. I agree with you, and I also think it's a crowd killer with the concept of the uh, pure championship. It's not flashy enough for the people that just want to watch people jump over ropes and shit. Yes, that, and also, like, I mean, the last Willie Yuta match at the Ring of Honor pay-per-view, I can't think of the guy's name who who he actually faced, that, that was a better match than Daniel Garcia versus Willie Yuta. Yeah. Um, oh, that dude, I, I really had a lot of... Uh... I forgot what that wrestler's name is. I liked him. Because, I mean, right, it's going to so... be a UFC fight, basically. Right? And they're going to have, like, two springboards. I mean, that's... The, they've... I hate the Pure Championship so much. Actually, I love it, but I also know it's going to be terrible. Because, like, Tony Khan's got to book this with a thousand other things. So it's going to be an afterthought. Well, let's have a, a little bit of faith. It's happening, so I'm sure it's going to be a good match, and I do like the uh, the pure concept itself. Hopefully he gets some help with Ring of Honor. Doubt it. But let's keep on going. Kind of last night it was uh, shown. Uh, they were teaming together, and I was like, so why are they teaming together? There's not even a, a like a women's tag division. And it just ended with Mercedes Martinez uh, beating the, her and Serena Deeb wanting to beat the person essentially in the ring and kind of keep on tagging the other person back in. Uh, Mercedes Martinez getting the win, and then Serena Deeb just attacked the shit out of her. So fucking Mercedes Martinez versus Serena Deeb for the Ring of Honor Women's Championship. This seems like a no-brainer if there's two technical-style wrestlers that have the quote-unquote Ring of Honor concept going, I would say it was Mercedes Martinez and uh, Serena Deeb. This should be a great match. i put it on Deeb, though, personally. Yeah, me too, because she's under contract. Mercedes is, too. Under AEW contract? Yeah. She got signed, I think, shortly after she uh, got the title. Okay, well, then... Now it's a toss-up for me. Uh, I would put it on Deeps, but yeah, I thought I, I didn't realize she got signed by AEW. Good for her. Love you, Mercedes. What about Samoa Joe and Jay Lethal? They've done a terrible job of making me care about this shit. You know that Jay Lethal now has Sanjay Dutt and uh, Singh in his corner. Um. <sighs> This is so WWS have... build. They're like, Samojo's going to have to fight three people. <laughs> Basically. He's had, he's had two matches since he got signed to AEW. The one for this title in the Ring of Honor where he showed up and got the TV title. And then the one that he defended on Dynamite. That's Ishii, right? I forgot. Yeah, yeah. It was like one other person. Yeah, and that's it. Maybe a third match. That's it. And he's not been on television. They've been doing promos. He hasn't. I mean, and this is this is Jay Lethal and Samoa Joe. God damn it! All right, well, I'm gonna say that I think Joe should probably retain. I 
I think that's kind of like, what the fuck else are you going to do with them? <laughs> I and mean, f- at, at this point, I'm going to pick Lethal because <laughs> I haven't seen Joe in basically a month. Yeah, it's crazy. All right, so, well, so, so if you if you were starting a company today, and I was like, "Here's the two picks you have for your main guys. They're gonna be you got to build a company around them. You have Jay Lethal and Samojo. Who would you pick?" Um, well, I probably pick Jay Lethal because Samoa Joe has some a uh, little bit more, a little bit less threat on the tire now. So I would think that Jay's a little more reliable, unfortunately, because I don't know how much more time Samoa Joe has. But it's also your entire company, training, et cetera, working matches. I see what you're saying, but I mean, hey, Jay Lethal got Ric Flair back into ring shape, apparently. So maybe he's got right. Samoa. Samoa Joe, if you hear this, come after Dane, not me. <laughs> <laughs> Motherfucker, throw me under the bus and shit. <laughs> no, right. I, I, I love Jay Lethal. Both of them are great examples. They're both great. I look forward to that match. It's going to be awesome. All right, so here's a person I want to throw out the name of just because we haven't seen him. He's on Tully Blanchard's group. Um, he still looks like fucking Ultimate Warrior meets like Benoit. It's so weird with Brian Cage. I feel like there's a good chance he's going to be on this probably in a match. So let's maybe guess if if he is on this card in some type of match, who do you have go against him? There's someone that comes to mind, Chris, but it wouldn't work because uh, Brian Cage, if he is going to be on this, probably needs to win the fucking match. But... You talk about back on the indies, him and Keith Lee were putting out technical high-fly matches with two guys that had no fucking need to be able to do the things they did, much like what he did with uh, Dijakovic. But I don't want to see Keith Lee lose to Brian Cage, but I feel like Cage is going to be on this. Who do you think is a potential opponent for a quote-unquote Ring of Honor-style match with him? If they are actively working with the impact, I would say uh, PCO. I think that's a good. You can have a monster match and have them squash him. That'd be great. I think that's a great idea. That definitely is a good idea. Be a quick match. Yeah, have PCO take some stupid bumps, and then Brian Cage just ends him. Um, but One, two, Ring of Ring of Honor, like. Beer City Bruiser shout, shout out to Beer City Bruiser, by the way, for being on the podcast. Hell yeah. Love you, bud. Um, yeah, someone like that? I, I don't know, because they haven't promoted anyone on... They've done a very bad job of promoting this pay-per-view day. They have. I agree with you. And I think it really comes down to what I think should be the main event over the World Championship. It should have last time. FTR, Cash Wheeler, and Dax Harwood, the Briscoes, Jay Briscoe and Mark Briscoe, tag team match for the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championships. We saw FTR and what they said when they put out the challenge. 
we saw the the response on the farm with the Briscoes. What the fuck was Mark eating throughout the whole thing? Was it like yogurt? It was something random just to take the distraction was, a little bit towards them. He was mixing milk and dust quick. That, that's right. That's to get right. chocolate and milk. Oh, God, I love him. All right, so this is – I'm going to say it. FTR has three sets of titles. They beat the Briscoes the first time. I think we all want a third one set up. This is just for the Ring of Honor tag titles. I think you give it to the Briscoes, and I think that you show that you signed them, hopefully, right afterwards. Um, but that's just me. But this this match should be the fucking match of the night, Chris. Oh, we'll see. I mean, Gresham's on the card, right? Uh, but yeah, FTR versus Briscoes. This is my number two match of the year, the first one, because Cody Rhodes showed up and he was like, hey, fuck y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even have an arm having this match. Um, yeah, this is going to be a really, really good fucking match. And, uh, oh, damn, that's so hard. It's it's only for the, the R- they, they've clarified it's only for one title set. It's only for, for the ROH. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, if you do, if you have the Briscoes beat this, then we get a third match. And FTR, I think, can take a loss to a team they already beat. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. I know FTR is on a roll, but then they also, they still are basically the champions of Mexico and Japan. They got two of the biggest titles if they lose these ones. And the Briscoes need some titles on them, man. You know? No, I no, I agree with you. I'm just, I was just asking. So it's, oh, it's yeah, one sorry. title, Ring of Ring of Honor <laughs> titles. Yep. This will be fourteen time, thirteen time champions. If if the Briscoes win it, they're the most. Uh, I I feel like Briscoes might win this because they they might want Briscoes versus FTR in Japan. God, that would be fucking awesome. Yeah, maybe we just go down the board and eventually before we even get there and before we get the Young Bucks, we do like a Young Bucks Briscoes fucking FTR match. Seems like that needs to happen, too. Also, because Mark, aren't they aren't they even with Young Bucks, too? Didn't they talk about that? Uh, uh, Briscoes like they've had no one's had a head up with their feuds. What did they call them, the YouTube Bucks or the Basic Bitch Bucks? I can't remember. Basic Bitch Bucks. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> oh, God. They're, God damn it. Mark is so funny. He's like, shout him up real nice. We coming. I'm like, yes. Yes. FTR is like, yes. <laughs> this is amazing. This is old school wrestling. Shout him up real nice. We coming. That's old school wrestling. I fucking love everything about FDR. <laughs> this is the best thing about this. I will pay $60 to see this pay-per-view just because of FDR and the Briscoes. Because it's going to be great. They're going to fucking work like 45 minutes. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. You're going to hear Mark say stuff like, Like I said, the last match, one of my favorite like comments that Caprice Coleman said about Mark Briscoe and, and Jay Briscoe saying weird shit. He tried to justify it and go, see, that's the thing about the Briscoes. 
they actually can talk in code just by making clicks and noises towards each other. And I'm just like, no, they're just making weird fucking noises. It was like, you know, Hulk Hogan back in the day would be like, Krasha, Krasha, every time he punched people. Like, they just do that. That's, that's what Mark does, man. My brother-in-law that fucking was goddamn so... redneck kung fu, you know? My brother-in-law was so hyped when he heard it was Briscoe's versus... Uh... First FCR, he was like, "Oh my god, this is gonna be such a good match," <laughs> and that's what you want, man. Like, it's such, it's so good. And then he was like, "I've been, I've been going back in time watching Midnight Express, Steiner Brothers," <laughs> and I was like, "Yes," <laughs> but thanks to the Young Bucks, they did a lot of that, dude. They need respect for that. They did. We're like, we're gonna pay very attention the tag team division that was them they did it yep. i just pissed off jim Cornette. so tell him to get at me at chris r Patton on twitter get at me jim <laughs> i'm sure he will he's he's you know he's excited about this fucking match he loves both these tag teams and he loved the first one between the two so I think he's going to like this one pretty much. There's a good chance he actually will like this card. For some reason he doesn't like Wheeler Yuta, and I don't get it. I'm just like, how can he? Because he, he looks like, I mean, I I also get it. He's like Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, and he doesn't he doesn't have facial features whenever he takes a move. So I get it. Yeah. So he, he, like he gets well, he tries to say he's drag. like small. And I'm like, I, I, don't, I don't really think he's like, he's probably about the same size as most of the guys in his group. Like, well, he, he is small in comparison to who fucking Jim Cornette was signing. Right? Yeah. And well, he signed w. Adam Cole back in the day, you know, Ring of Honor helped get him in there. So, I mean, uh, but I mean maybe like, like Adam Cole, hey, never mind. I gotta say that. <laughs> and dial that back. Jim, that's a free one. Can tell that one back. Uh, oh, Jesus. Yeah, I'm. I'm just gonna go ahead and say, like, Willer Yuta is. I mean, it's like Speedball Mike Bailey. Mike Bailey is too over the top with his facial emotions, and Willer Yuta is too under the top with his facial. If you can put both... those two together, <laughs> they'd be a Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Yeah, I just. <laughs> I find it, Will Yuta, I do appreciate the fact that he's one of those guys that's younger, you know, like a MJF or I, even a, a, what the hell, War Horse or whatever the fuck his name is, War War, War Games even, or... Um, War Horse. And, is it War Horse? It is War Horse, right? Yeah. Um, and then, uh, what, what's, uh, what's the guy from MLW just came back? Mance Warner. All those guys are, like, young as fuck, and they all got obsessed by, like, old 80s wrestlers and studying them. And I think that's really cool that all of them kind of have that in common. Apparently, Austin Theory studied a lot of old school stuff as well. So, you know, they're student of the game, man. Yeah, maybe uh, Theory, maybe Jordan like... Grace should uh, try to <laughs> do that instead of, you know, anyways. Austin Theory was like, you only need to study one guy. His name is John Cena. <laughs> He's like, just be the. Also, we're probably we're not gonna get to SmackDown. Are we gonna get to SmackDown? Can we talk about SmackDown? Can we? Can, that's the thing. Can we talk about Raw SmackDown <laughs> as in just talking about it? Like, I don't want to go over any of this shit. 
I can do a rundown <laughs> of what happened. But All right, it's let's, so... let's finish this up, and we'll <laughs> we have one more one more match, I think. No, 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 that was it. That was that was all. We all just right. like I said, we got to go over Raw SmackDown and then Dynamite and Rampage, and I care a hell of a lot more with Dynamite than I do because this is a fucking. This is the thing about what's going on with Raw and SmackDown. It's like they'll do some good shows, and then they'll do the same thing for four fucking weeks in a row, and it's like, what the hell? Why can't you have consistency? Like, I like the fact that Austin Theory has a money in the bank. People are excited about Liv Morgan for some reason, you know? You know, I like her, but <laughs> not as much as some people are. But, you know, they're happy and shit. And uh, she is, too. But, I mean... Uh, <laughs> yes. yes, she is. <laughs> Do you want me um, to go over what happened? We can just collectively talk about it. I'll yes, go over all the mess. Let's go over Monday. We'll, go, we'll start on Monday. <laughs> so, don't, so, me and you will both hold our whatever comments until afterwards. We had the Mysterios versus the Judgment Day. Um, got a DQ ending. They beat the crap out of them. Uh, Miz and AJ Styles. Miz lost again. Uh, fucking Liv Morgan comes out, tries to talk. Carmella and Natalia come out. Uh, beat the shit out of her. Bianca Belair helps her out. The two women's champions beat Carmella and Natalia. Uh, Ezekiel and Seth Rollins had a match. Seth Rollins won. Did we think that anything else would happen? He laughed. Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits versus Theory and Alpha Academy. Uh, you know, Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits won. Gunther versus R-Truth. That was really quick. He just destroyed him. R-Truth was out there in a fucking Mr. Sa- or, uh, Uncle Sam outfit, and Gunther beat him. Uh, Asuka and Becky. That was actually a really good match, but they always have good matches, and Becky Lynch won. So that was uh that was raw. You got anything? Chris is just the words can't even come into expression right now. Chris, you there? Yes, sir. I am here. Pretty bad. Pretty bad. This was not yeah. good. Not good at all. Um me Austin Theory continued being a shitbag, which I like. Um, I I don't understand the main event <laughs> at all. So basically, I don't know what happened, but hey Becky, hey Oscar, you guys do good matches. Go out there. I don't even know how the fuck we got there. I don't even remember them saying that was going to be the main event. Yeah, it wasn't even for like a number one contendership. They were just like, hey. You guys, basically. And let me let me ask you if you've seen this happen before. Becky Lynch beat her. Uh huh. Oscar was. Should I do the Asuka, same thing for SmackDown? Oscar uh, was probably just like, I'm glad there's not seven people in this match. <laughs> Deal with one of these fuckers. Um, yeah, Raw wasn't bad. I mean, it wasn't a terrible show. Look, if you're a Raw fan, it it wasn't a bad show. It just wasn't good. It was completely average for a Raw TV show. The Miz segment was terrible. Um, well, you don't like little balls or whatever was okay. the fuck are they doing? I do like uh, Miz pointing at his balls with her face directly (laughs) 
at them being like, they're pretty big. That's pretty funny on Twitter, by the way. Shout out to Maurice. Cause she's the best. Maurice, if you, know you ever miss want to be my manager, you ever want to stop talking to them sweat dogs out there? Get with a real man. Sorry, Rick Rude. Get old rude. Um uh, I think I realize that there's flavors of Andy from The Office that remind me of The Miz. I have that thought process. <laughs> <laughs> just flavors, but I'm just saying. Uh, I mean, it's not... Miz is only there to promote his TV show. And basically, yeah. That's good. <laughs> I mean... Like, I like, I'm not one of those people that hate the Miz. I think he's fine in the ring. No. He doesn't lay his stuff in. He works a very safe style. Very, very, very safe style. That's probably why he's been a, around so long. Um, it just looks out of place in modern wrestling sometimes. But, uh, yeah, Miz is fine. You know. I like Maurice. Right. I like when she shows up. She's funny <laughs> as fuck. <laughs> Especially just, as a manager, <laughs> it's it. She's when you when you look at Maurice, it's like looking at Disney World when you're 11. <laughs> but she shows up with like a Gucci bag with like she nailed spikes into it. It's gonna hit someone in the head with it, and you're like, "That's great. That's pretty good." <laughs> All right, so Chris, do you want me to do the same treatment to SmackDown from last night? Yeah, just let's go do over it. what happened. All right, so start off with the bloodline. Cool seeing Roman back. Great reaction. Some people were actually starting to boo him, and then when he acknowledged that, quote-unquote, much more people... Yeah, the crowd fucking just were like, we love you, fuck them. (laughs) Nerds. All you have to do is act like a bad guy, basically. And then I loved also, Chris, how Austin Theory kept on coming out and fucking with them, like, I got this. But if I'm Roman, I'm just like, dude, like you're my leg. Like, I will eat you. Like, fuck off, basically. But still, smart of theory to do that, I think. Um, Paul Heyman might have caught, like, had one of the best promos of the year. Talking about Brock Lesnar? Yeah. Like, he's like, you've, you've carried it for 600 days, almost 700 days, every day, every month. I'm going to be here with you. But there's always a constant threat. And he's, like, shaking as he says it. And he's like, and his name is Brock Lesnar. And he says it all weird. It was great. It's good. Paul Heyman's the best, dude. Dude, big up on Roman. I mean, obviously, it's hard to get anywhere near people like Hogan, Backlund, fucking Pedro, or especially Bruno, who held it for like 10 years. But over two years, man, that's pretty fucking great. Also, the fans are starting to turn, which we knew they would. Uh, they're starting to cheer him. They're like, yeah, we would like to see him beat Brock Lesnar's ass. And Brock's like, okay. <laughs> I really don't give a shit. All right, so the uh, rest of this is going to be basically, hey, terrible. once again, <laughs> once once again, hey, have you heard this one? Hey, have you heard this one? Viking Raiders beat the shit out of uh, Shanky and Jinder Mahal and then beat the shit out of the New Day. Furthering their fucking feud, uh, we had Gunther... Basically, he had an open challenge. Shinsuke came out for it. He was he told Shinsuke that he had to beat Ludwig Kaiser. Shinsuke easily did, and now it will be Gunther versus him for the IC belt. Which, in theory, you know, if WWE doesn't hold both of them back, 
like they usually do, especially Shinsuke. That should be a good fucking match. Give Jay him Hardy 20 minutes, match. nerds. Give him 20 Give minutes, him 20 man. minutes. <laughs> and let them just They'll... fucking hit each other as hard as they can. Yeah, all Gunther and 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 Shinsuke have to say to each other is like hard hit, clap, <laughs> hard hit, clap. I'm gonna It'll kick you in the face now. <laughs> yes. I'm gonna drop you on your head. Okay. It'll be, uh, you know, there's they're pretty safe. I don't know. So Ronda I mean, Rousey, the sorry. I'll, I mean Nakamura. I mean Nakamura might be like drop me on my head, and Gunther would be like. I'm not going to drop you on your head. That seems unsafe. <laughs> and then I'm sure I'm gets back up, chops his soul out of it. God, can you imagine this match in Japan? I hate to pull a Dave Meltzer, but like, seriously, if it was that style, you know, with the two of them, they would fucking kill each other. Imagine it's going to be NXT, so watered 20, Imagine yeah. in NXT 2017. Yeah, we saw Ugh. it with Sammy. We saw it with Sammy and Nakamura. You know what kind of match Nakamura can have? Give it to him. Let him go, baby. Let him go. Twenty minutes. It's your chance. I hope so. But Gunther's got to go over no matter what. He's got to have that belt. And honestly, right now, man, you got some dominant champions. You got Roman with both belts. The secondary belts. Bobby has one. Gunther has the other. And then the Usos. Like, that's a pretty dominant champions. Um, yeah. But we'll just see how that goes. All right. So let me, uh, Ronda Rousey saved uh, Liv Morgan from Italia and then talked about a rematch with her. So that's good. This uh, was terrible. So uh, Ronda fell outside the ring and then Liv drug. Natalia and then repeatedly kicked her leg a lot and then they set up a squash match between Ronda and Liv or Ronda and Natalia next basically and then Natalia just squashed her or Ronda squashed Natalia yeah Ronda just fucking squashed her what was the point of that Natalia's now out of the view Isn't the whole point is that Ronda is the one that injured you in the match, and that's why you didn't just straight like demolish Liv? I hate this Ronda Rousey character. I hate it. God, man. How do they fuck someone up that easy? I don't know, dude. I I don't understand, like, even the They got mad at her for coming out and being aggressive, too aggressive, and Vince's response was smile more like this is like Finn Balor all over again but you have more credibility with Ronda like I don't what the fuck? I mean you could be the best baby face of all time but you just got screwed over for your title Are you just gonna stand there and eat the shit sandwich yeah I thought that was the heel turn I was like Ronda's gonna hit her with a stunner or something and she just gave her the title I was like no, it's good. I'll get it back. Oh, doesn't mean anything. Lame. And then she went the week before. She went so hard on Natalia. She's like, you have the fucking <laughs> fake boob testicles or whatever implanted on your chest, nerd. You're like, 
oh my god, I thought she was turning heel, but nah, <laughs> apparently not. That's just how Rhonda talks. Yeah, it followed up by probably the worst segment. I feel so bad for Eli Drake, L.A. Knight. I'm not calling him fucking Max Dupree. He's a nope. talented in-ring wrestler. He did a really good job being kind of the older guy, working with a lot of the younger guys when he first got to NXT and just having good matches, good on the mic. And now, how the hell is this helping Mace or Mansoor? Or should I say Monse and Mansoir? Mansoir. Tennis, tennis outfits. They... Literally, like, did they put lotion on their shaved legs to make them stand out more in their short shorts? Their models? The crowd shat on this. And what what the fuck? Corey tried to act like the crowd was reacting positively? This is the second time. This doesn't make anyone look good. And I'm not it's, trying to be a dick. Dead. In retrospect, okay, the wrestler that you got from Saudi Arabia... There's a lot of ignorant fucks over there. Do you do you think the prince is happy about the new fucking gimmick for Mansoor? I don't even understand. I mean, Mansoor is like undefeated. Like, why not push him? I don't know, man. You talk about someone that kind of has a steamboat flavor to him, as far as a quiet guy that's American, but you know, mixed with or actually, he's he's straight up from fucking Saudi Arabia, but he's you know lived here. And stuff like that. Good high flyer. I I don't know. They just never did anything with them. Remember when they teamed him with Ali and then Ali just disappeared after he fucking got his ass kicked a bunch of times again? Is Ali still alive or do we need a 10 bell salute? His name is going to be. Uh, how can you how can you um, how can you model name Ali? <laughs> Aaliyah, the ghost of a is going to be the ghost of Aaliyah. Rock the boat, rock the boat, and then like all of the arena will shake and everything will go distorted, but we'll be able to watch it on our TV, but not in the arena. Uh, Mm. That doesn't sound that that doesn't sound good to you. No, it sounds it sounds great. This is so terrible. Did Lacey Evans come out and say that she, she needs respect? Oh my like, god! How the fuck did they fuck her up? They built her up as the biggest baby face, and now they're fucking it up already. No, they messed it up to begin with. She is the biggest baby face. She is a marine that went to Iraq, came back, was a police officer. Decided to retire to have a kid, then went to do wrestling. Like, how do you mess this up? She is the female John Cena in his size. (laughs) You made it get so awkward, WWE, with her having to go into detail of all this shit. And then it looks like she's just going to be fucking healed. It's just so stupid. All right. Usos (laughs) versus Los Darios. Who do you think won? The champs or the guys that they always job out, even though they're super talented? Anyways. In my uh, notes, I said Primo and Epico got buried here. Oh, it's true though. <laughs> oh, uh, you remember when when you remember when Umberto was great and had the breakaway pants and stuff in NXT and had like an actual gimmick and was 
or Angel. Yeah, he had Wrigley pants and had a gimmick and was flirting with girls and like they had something they could do. It was almost like Eddie Guerrero esque, like going back to China. Remember when we give China the roses and stuff? I was like, maybe they'll do something with that. They're like, nah, Umberto. <laughs> he, They're Kmart ooh. Los Guerreros, basically. Yes, yeah, trash. It's not their fault. They're great wrestlers. This is a good match. I mean, like... I remember the first time I saw Umberto, and I think 205 Live, it was a very similar uh, feeling just because of how explosive and awesome he was to how... um, We were pronouncing it wrong. Do you remember now how you pronounce uh, Gentleman uh, from DDT? I I think I strive to do that. Oh, God. We were saying take Sheeta because... Phonetically, that's what it looks like, but it wasn't. But I'll just say similar flavor uh, to that. And, I mean, he was kind of vanilla Ta- with his personality. Ta- Takshida? 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 No, that's not how... It's not, it's not like... Taka, Takashida? I feel very bad. I'm sorry, I don't Takosh- watch a lot of Takeshka. That's how you say it. Takeshka. Takeshka. Yeah, sorry. I apologize to every fan out there that is really into DDT. I, I am very sorry. I've seen hey, two Tukeshka's matches. Awesome. This guy. And he was great. Roberto gave me a similar feeling, kind of like to um, a gentleman from Impact Wrestling that I've been like a bootpinder. You know, he was just this foreign wrestler, bigger dude, not really a lot of personality. His cousin Angel, fucking like a modern Eddie Guerrero, like we already said. And they're going to have to just fucking be degrade before they're able to do something good outside of the WWE. So that sucks because they were huge at AAA. What are you going to do? You uh, gender and impacts fucking pretty good, though. Yeah, he's awesome. He's booked. He's booked well. I think that's Lance. I think that's the Lance Storm booking. Can't confirm or deny, but they protected him very well. Uh, I I could see him going against Moose very soon, or someone of that size. Yeah, yeah. Bupinda Gujar is definitely one of those guys I'd be looking for, and Lance Storm is a good person to help him out. Hey, you know what doesn't help anything out? This continuous fucking battle between Drew McIntyre and Sheamus, where Sheamus no decided to make a weird fucking comment that I know he didn't write, but about COVID and then he got fucking Pete Dunn, who me and Chris probably a couple years back had in our top 10 list of favorite wrestlers. Who's now scrappy do with an Irish twist to him, have a match and lose to Drew McIntyre and no one gives a shit. This is stupid. He should have Kevin Owens that stuff. When when Stone Cold gave Kevin when he was like, well the best advice I can give you is they give you some bullshit, tell them to fuck off. That's what that's what that's what he that's what Pete Dunn should have done. He should have done that. He should have been like, is, no, that's terrible. Is Drew McIntyre wrestler in this bunch? I know. Is Drew McIntyre now like Kane? So if he like collapses the rope, he gets fire coming out. This is all stupid. Hey. And apparently, and I don't remember this. That's the end of the show. So that was their main event. They ended the show three minutes early. He hit the top rope, 
aiming at Seamus's head with the sword and it broke the top rope and the sword bit in like six ways. Um, and then fire went off like it was Kane and then they just stared at each other for a while. It was pretty good booking. I mean, that's top tier, Dave. Top tier shit. Um, I don't give a shit. I, I told you as soon as Drew McIntyre came out with the dumbass sword, I was like, I'm going to watch the Braves game. And I did. And it was good. But then you made a joke about Vince McMahon, and I switched back. So I thought maybe Vince McMahon had happened upon stage. <laughs> but he didn't. You're like, no, I was just making a Vince McMahon joke. And I was like, God damn it. And I switched back to the Braves game. So I watched this part again in the morning. It was terrible. It was terrible. I don't even. I don't even he, know, man. It's he hit the top rope with his sword. It bit in half, broke, and then fire came out. Uh, and he's no, fighting three people. And, <coughs> and he just and he just squashed Pete Dunn. Yep. Pete Dunn is well, the guy that you could push as your new like if you if you needed another like if you needed another it, American dude. dragon, it's Pete Dunn. You could have pushed him as that guy. He could have been the dude. underdog that overcame all the obstacles. And they're like, no, nah, bro, he's I'm he's telling you. The next the next thing he's gonna be a part of is that Hornswoggle's gonna come out and reveal that he has another brother. And it's actually Pete Dunn, and that they're both uh, Fit Finley's children, and uh, he starts dressing up like a leprechaun. Uh, that's that's the next <laughs> thing Pete Dunn's gonna be doing. Fit Finley wins the fucking title. <laughs> I'm down Isn't for the that. <laughs> yeah, he's, Fit Finley hits Roman with a shillelagh and wins the title. I'm down for that. <laughs> no, but ser- like seriously about it. Pete Dunn is Brian Danielson. He's that guy. He is everyone that, like, everyone cheered for him. Everyone liked him. He's little. He's grunny. He's got a cool theme song. You could do stuff with him. You could have him lose a lot to big stars and then have him build it back up, you know? And they somehow fucked it up. They were like, you know what, Seamus? And now your name is Budge. It's like I said, man, it's like Triple H built like basically like a pro wrestler version of a of Wolverine from the comics in every fucking way. But he's like, you know, obviously English. And then Vince is like, who's the little guy that came out with Scooby-Doo and and Shaggy Scrappy Dude? I saw a cartoon 17 years ago about that. You're him. And that's what (laughs) happened. I don't know what the fuck. It's literally at him. Let me at him. Let me at him. If me and you started like an online <laughs> player versus player, company versus company thing, but we just shit on each other's good stars. You're like, I got Randy Orton. I was like, what if Randy Orton was having sex with a midget? <laughs> That's it's that kind of shit. It's stupid. <laughs> I kind of want to see that scenario play out. It's like I hit her with the RTO and I hit her with the RDO. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, you're like, get out of here, Randy. <laughs> get out of here. 
Well, um, I guess the next thing to talk about is Dynamite, man. Uh, oh, man. Can we talk about this? Let's talk about it. <laughs> Let's just talk about it. Well, first thing to start off, we had a match with Scorpio Sky for the World Heavy, or no, sorry, TNT uh, Championship. We had a match? That happened? And Wardlow went against him. Uh, It was a competitive match for as much as it could be, because Wardlow usually likes to give it to allow the other person to have. It's Scorpio Sky, man. Don't be disrespectful. He didn't need to squash him. And it wasn't too long. I thought it was a good little back and forth. And then Wardlow ended up destroying him with a bunch of power bombs and put his foot on his chest. His first championship. Streamers came out everywhere. Fucking babies are flying in the air and shit like that. You know, people that used to hate each other started making out. It was just an amazing scene. And uh, Wardlow, basically, this is Goldberg getting his U.S. title. Still doing his thing. Still getting a great reaction from the crowd, and uh, this is a lot better than he was uh, right after the fucking pay-per-view where he won against MJF, that's for damn sure, where they just sat on him for no fucking reason and did diddly shit with him. But uh, I'm glad he has his first title. I really like Wardlow. And you're talking about two, you know, uh, AEW has two great uh, secondary champions now in Pac and Wardlow. Pretty, uh, pretty good with John Moxley as the champion. So, yeah. All right. Here's here's my thing with Wardlow. American Top Team is supposed to be a bunch of UFC badasses, and they just got powerbombed by a professional wrestler, and now they mean nothing. So I don't want to see them on TV ever again. Good for Wardlow for winning the title. Sucks for Scorpio Sky, who was undefeated for like 800 days, and they didn't even talk about it. But good booking. Let's go, Tony Khan. Yep. Uh, go around your ass, get your elbow. But Wardlow advances. Scorpio Sky takes a pass in the back. I didn't know any of those guys that were with American Top Team. Also, here's the thing it was no DQ. It was the most non no DQ match I think I've ever seen in my life. It was supposed to be a street fight, and it started in the ring and then was just a ring match with lenient rules. <laughs> I will say I, I, the blonde headed guy took, he went up well for Wardlow. <laughs> like he jumped up, like he knew what it was about. He jumped up very well. Can't remember his name. And also I don't care about American top team because they haven't been top team in UFC in quite a while. So shots fired. Well, I mean, it's true. Their biggest guys that they've showed on there are all, like, from the past. Like, I love Matt Hughes, but, I mean, or Dos, Dos Santos. Is he even fucking fighting anymore? You know, most of their guys that are impressive are their legends that don't fight anymore. So. And Paige Van Zandt's well, husband, I guess. Yeah, I was going to say the one they highlighted is the girls could been, like, she's, like, Two and seven. <laughs> so it's a team to be feared. They're basically uh, the uh, QT Marshall team, but with UFC. Oh, that's not a, that's a sucky way of saying it, but it's true. 
So, anyways, well, I mean, uh, they're like they're they're from Georgia, and I will say this: like, create a better group of people. <laughs> I'll tell you. Yeah, I agree. All right, so uh, we had Christian Luchasaurus scathing things come out of his mouth. Matt Hardy, who I guess this was his exit out because he is injured from the match he had. What was it, a part of the Battle Royal? I don't know. He got he, he hurt something during that. So he came out to confront Christian, and Christian said a bunch of terrible things about his brother and uh, beat him up. With Luchasaurus. And, uh, yeah, that's, uh, I mean, Christian Cage is building himself as probably the biggest heel now that MJF's gone in AEW, I would say. (laughs) Uh, I mean, who's saying fucked up stuff besides MJF and him? And MJF, like I said, is not here currently. So, like, I just keep on thinking, man. I like the the new look for Luchasaurus. I would have gotten rid of the name, and I would have gotten rid of some of the dino features, but that's just me. So he's definitely trying to come off like Kane. So right off the bat, do you think that Christian called Revy and was like, hey, I'm going to say this. Please don't hate me. I'm sure. (laughs) <laughs> had to Rebbe get permission about, from Rebbe. Yeah, Rebbe about that life. <laughs> um, no, I thought this was a great promo. It's good Christian stuff. Uh, I agree with you. I don't even... I think just make him a dinosaur. Make him a stupid dinosaur. It's fine. But make him eat Dude. meat. <laughs> I'm telling you, meat. like, do the, do the moon dog thing where he's like gnawing meat off the bone and shit. You're like, oh, this guy's a monster. Or often seeker. Yeah, yeah, Fucking exactly. Fish. <laughs> yeah, just like grabbing shit out of there. He's like, he might bite my leg. This guy's crazy. <laughs> that kind of stuff. I don't know. I, I like the darker mask. Um. I don't know. I mean, Jungle Boy's out for like three months, so. Yeah, they got to really fucking keep on going with this. I loved what uh, Matt Hardy said when he said, you're the Michael Jordan of being an asshole. That was a pretty good (laughs) line. I laughed so hard at that. And I was like, Michael Jordan is the Michael Jordan of being an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) Haven't you watched his doc, dude? (laughs) I, I fucking love Michael Jordan. He's, I mean, as a kid of the 90s, who doesn't love Michael Jordan? But definitely, if you dug into Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan is the Michael Jordan of being an asshole. There's no one that compares. Maybe Larry Bird (laughs) on a rainy day. But Michael Jordan is definitely the Michael Jordan of being an asshole. Even the shit that you don't want Michael Jordan to be good at, he's good at. Hey, man. See, that's, some would say it's good because usually it was psyching out his opponents or telling his teammates to, you know, grow a pair and fucking, you know, hustle and quit being a bitch. So it got it. No matter what, it got uh, what he wanted. So, you know. Could you could you imagine being so good at something? Just looking a motherfucker in their eye and be like, I'm going to drop 43 on you tonight. Like an exact number. <laughs> like, Michael Jordan's a different level. <laughs> and he is the asshole of being Michael Jordan. <laughs> 
And if I if I texted Michael Jordan right now and he answered me, he'd be like, I am the Michael Jordan of being the Michael Jordan of assholes. He'd be like, I agree with you. All right, man. Um, I'm excited about this tag match. I'm pretty sure it's going to be staying on uh, the Young Bucks. But we had Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland. They beat the Butcher and the Blade. Afterwards, Team Taz came out. They're not done with them, essentially, Starks and Hobbs. And then the Young Bucks said, hey, you guys are, you know, well, actually, they're two and three because FTR is number two. And Dax loves uh, posting that on on, on uh, Twitter. But, you know, you guys are up in the rankings while we have a three-way match. So it looks like Tuttle's on the line. Team Taz, Strickland, Strickland and uh, Lee against the Young Bucks. Uh, and the one big thing about, you know, I just said number two is FTR. Uh, the crowd really was behind FTR and uh, they weren't here and the Young Bucks <laughs> I, I think Nick said like we're better than them or something like that and addressed it but uh, yeah that was uh, interesting yeah the crowd made sure they knew FTR FTR <laughs> they really did and the Young Bucks were like but we're better than them he tried to do like the uh, what's it was a, uh, I'm better than them, and they know it. Kind of, yeah. He, he kind of do. He did you realize? Did you see that? A little bit. He kind of, yeah. He kind of tried to do the MJF thing, but it didn't matter because the FTR chance were like FTR, FTR, FTR. They're not wrong, and also they scared them boys. Y'all interfered in that last match. Don't think about them boys didn't forget Young Bucks. We all know you're running scared from the from the Motor City machine guns. So, who? Hey, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. If we want to like complete the whole concept of of best tag teams having the belts, uh, Briscoes take that off. FTR, the motion, the Motor City machine guns should take off those belts off the fucking Good Brothers. Just putting that out there. So, uh, over an impact. Yeah, I've been sending uh, <laughs> sending Motor City machine guns to my brother-in-law. I'm like, they're the original Young Bucks. I wish everyone would stop talking about the Young Bucks. <laughs> it's Motor City machine guns. They did it. They did it first. They're the best. Uh, also, people listen to this, yeah? Big Motor City machine guns, Mark. And, uh, Not I, at all. I like the... I, I like the Young Bucks a lot. I think I think they're great. Would I have them? I, I did I have them number one on my best? I think I had them number one. I think you did too. Yeah, um, yeah, great fucking tag team. They've had great matches. This one will be interesting because uh, one, I don't know why they're having this three way match. And uh, two, I mean, I mean, guess the Young Bucks have to win it, but like, what does it matter? I don't know. Um, I mean, Briscoe's coming out and ruining the match would make sense since they uh, came out and did the beatdown on the Briscoes. We've been waiting. TNT, give us the boys. Let's do it. Let's go. 
So I have a question for you when it comes to this next thing, uh, because I've always wondered how they pull this off without actually hurting someone. Maybe I should ask Philip, but I don't even know if you, either one of you guys would know. But we had Eddie Kingston in the ring. He's about he's about to, you know, he's talking about blood and guts. He's he even kind of begrudgingly puts over Claudio. And when he starts talking about Jericho, Jericho cuts him off. He's in the backstage. Uh, uh, which we call Ty Conti has beaten down Ruby Soho, and they position her uh, with the open door to the SUV and slam the door on her arm. Uh, and then Eddie just fucking runs. This would kind of come up obviously from last night on Rampage, but I've seen this done so many times in wrestling. Obviously, the big one is Barry Windham. Uh, I think is the one who got it back in the day from the Horsemen. Uh, in like 92, 93 ish. But how the fuck do they do that and actually not hurt them like the other person? So, about the arm slam and the door? Yeah, you're slamming a door on an arm still. You're getting your arm as flat as possible in the meaty section of your arm and you're just taking it. Jesus Christ, wrestlers are fucking ridiculous. So there isn't uh, really I mean, there's other there's other ways to do. I mean, you could slow down at the end, but the way they did it is she just put flatty ass meat out there, the muscle like your bicep, right? Let it relax it, and then the door hit it and it bounced off, and it looks sick because she sold it. Um, but there's another way you could do it if you're attacking the person. Same thing, you could. Put two hands on the door and then give it a hard fake slam and shake the door, and that would be similar. But the other one where you just fucking throw it directly into the person's arm is looks it looks better. And that's what they did. They just fucking she flattened her arm and just took one for the team. Man, Kingston was not happy about this, saying his ruby. He said that every drop of blood that spills uh, will be for him, but that last drop of blood before he passes out in their barbed wire cage match uh, will be for his ruby. So here's the problem, though. I will say, I know that ruby came out, attacked Ty Conti. I know that you guys in the little thing, the buildup, put her there talking about her and Eddie Kingston being friends. That's really all we got though, with that buildup. And then, you know, it just seems like if you wanted to display that, we should have probably put a little bit more in there. Cause I don't remember her and him being so close until they said it in a little docu, whatever advertisement, but just saying either way, he's gonna, he's gonna fuck up Jericho in a barbed wire cage match. Chris, <laughs> I'm just pointing to the sky over here, Dane. Just pointing to the sky. A little sabuishness, a little bit of abyss, even. Um, those guys like to deal with cage matches made out of barbed wire. Uh, Jericho in a barbed wire match will be pretty funny because he's not going to take any bumps. If you want to see one of the funniest matches with Chris Jericho, the first. Ever match that he ever had but that was like hardcore where he actually got barbed wire ripped across his head and fucking uh, thumbtacks was the one he had with Dean Ambrose. The Ambrose Asylum match. And he even talks about it afterwards. He's like, 
the fucking thumbtack spot sucked. He, he wanted to do it because he needed to do it, but he was not looking forward to it, and he said it was fucking terrible. Now we get to the point where Jericho is willing to let Nick Gage cut his fucking forehead up with a pizza cutter, and he's going to get in a barbed wire fucking cage match with Eddie Kingston. So To be fair, but, Nick Gage was very light on him. I just very it's light. It's weird, it's weird when Nick Gage was very light. Like, he cut himself open. Nick Gage didn't slice him with the fucking feature. I mean, he could have. <laughs> the light tubes and everything. Anyways, but this is not where I thought Jericho would, would be going later on in his career, is all I'm saying. But we're going to see a pretty violent match, I would say. Hopefully no one He's gets smart. the uh, muscle ripped open. Jericho's smart. He's like, I'm Terry Funk. That's where I'm at in my career. I'm the guy that had the titles and did all this stuff, and now I'm Terry Funk, and I'm holding on. And oh, it makes more, makes more sense in New Japan. Um, and, you know, he's still doing his gimmick of Jericho Appreciation Society, but when he gets in these hardcore matches, he's Terry Funk. He's like, I'm brawling. And he did that when he was wrestling in New Japan. So I think he should, uh, he should bring back the Painmaker. For this match specifically, I think he you should bring back the Terry Funk moonsault where no one catch, catches you ever, and, and then call him a bunch of dumb son of a bitches. Corny, corny, <laughs> I'm hurt. Well, yeah, Terry, <laughs> why the hell did you do a moonsault? You're in your forties. I always hey, I thought it looked pretty good. Smoky Mountain <laughs> didn't even Terry. tell. He didn't tell Cornette that he was going to do a moonsault on top of a bunch of chairs. That was one of the first times. Yes, Terry Funk started doing moonsaults later on in his career. That's how much of a fucking crazy badass he is. (laughs) This is where Jericho is. He should slow everything down and just be Terry Funk. (laughs) And it'd be great. Oh, Lord. All right, so let's, let's keep on going. We got uh, Penta Obscuro uh, against Rush. Um, oh, actually, before that, we since we are in Rochester, New York, we got the Dark Orders, John Silver, Alex Reynolds, Evil Uno, uh, Preston, uh, Preston Vance, Anna Jay, and Brody Jr., negative one, uh, just basically all just in the ring, and they announced they're not done. And I think that this is the second time they've done this, and Alan Angels just popped up over an impact. I'm very excited for him. He's gone. Uh, fuck the Stu Grayson, who's Evil Uno's tag partner, also gone. And they keep on getting thinner. But don't you worry. They're still here. QT Marshall came out, talked a bunch of trash. And the ex-champion Hangman Page came out and helped him out. And then they just all fucking ping-pong pinballed QT uh, Marshall around and beat the shit out of him. With all the baby faces standing tall. I think, what did, what did, uh, didn't, I can't remember. I thought that, uh, negative one did something, like a move or something like that. But, no, he was, was on the bike and he was like, you're not even worth my time. Oh, no, he told them that he's going to beat his ass once he turns 18. So, basically, you know, I'm, you're not worth my time. it's, this is, I hate to say this, this is, this is, a. It's too much. No, this is the beginning of the end. We haven't seen these guys in forever. The only ones I really think 
wrestling wise is Anna Jane and John Silver and maybe Preston, but I think he's been too silent too long, even though he has a great body. But John Silver's beloved. Evil Uno's there. I know he does the video game stuff. He doesn't have his tag partner that he's been with for years, though. I, I feel like I don't know. This is going to be a very I, I know Anna Jay and I'm pretty sure Johnny Hungy will stick around. But it's going to be a weird if they're in Rochester next year, Chris. Uh, who's there left with negative one to hang out and tell everyone the Dark Order is going to be okay? Not trying to be a dick. Kenny Omega, he's going to become the Dark Order. Uh, he just calls himself uh, the Dark Order randomly. As himself. And when they come out, he's like, you're not the Dark Order! Him and Don Callis are yelling at them. Um, I don't know. Like, look, it it sucks. Like, Obviously, the Brody situation is very terrible. And it's Rochester. I get it. But why, is, why, why does it have to be on live TV? Yeah. And like I said, Chris, who's going to be left when they come back to Rochester next year? Negative one, I guess. It's going to be him, Johnny Hungy, and fucking Anna Jay. I kind of want Anna Jay to branch off completely anyways, because I don't even know what the hell she has any involvement with them anymore. But actually, I, mean, I want I the same like thing for... For negative one, he should be hearing with Danhausen at this point. And, like, Orange Cassidy and the best friends. Because, like... I mean, he's the smarter of the group. Or that is the uh, what we're supposed to believe, right? Yep. I don't know. He's look. It's great. They're trying to get Brody's kid involved, and they're giving him money, and they're doing all the stuff with him. Uh, go to the well too often. Eventually, people are are not going to care. I agree. Um, but yeah, like, like best wishes to Brody Lee and Brody Lee's son and his family. I'm not trying to shit on it. I'm just I'm telling you what what's going to happen in wrestling, which is eventually you're a little luchador and no one's going to care. Yep. All right, well, uh, let's let's move on. Uh, the next thing that we had was a match between Rush and uh, Penta. I love this match. I love both these guys. Um, it would come down to uh, which one called Andrade, who came out with Rush, uh, putting his part or yeah, putting Rush's leg on the rope, screwing up the pin, and while the referee was dealing with that and accusing Andrade, Rush. Gave uh, Penta a low blow. So this is going to be setting up, I think, some awesome matches with Phoenix and Pentagon against Roosh and Andrade. And I think especially if you are more, you know, embedded in uh, Lucha Libre, modern Lucha Libre, this is kind of like a feud a lot of people never thought they would see when the two of them, of Andrade and, and Roosh, were specifically CMLL and the Lucha Brothers or AAA. So I think this is going to be a lot of fun to play out. And Roosh needed a big win. 
So Penta had to take a loss, and it was because uh, he got fucked over. So didn't have a problem with any of this. What did you think, Chris? I didn't like the finish. Did you like the finish of this? The low blow? Well, it was a low blow, but the weird camera angle that was like behind the right corner post or the back corner post near the uh, where WWE's announcer booth would be. Uh, far back corner post if you're looking at the ramp. It was so far back, I couldn't tell what was happening. And uh, yeah, the low blow was very obvious. And uh, yeah, the referee sucked dick in this. It was Rick Knox. Rick Knox. Uh, was no, terrible. it was um, it was Bryce Bryce Remsburg, which I love when Bryce was was giving. Um, I don't know if you remember this when he was giving Andrade shit. Jim Ross said said uh, to Bryce Remsburg, he's like, not don't ask Andrade if he cheated. He's gonna lie to you. And I thought that was fucking <laughs> hilarious. That's a pretty. There's some pretty good lines in this, but uh, I mean, basically, the the only reason Penta lost is his mask came off and he got pinned, and they took his mask. That's right. He his mask did get. He got hit in the balls. His mask came off, and then he pinned him. Some some bullshit. That's some bullshit. But it was a good match. It was I, a good match. A lot of bullshit, I, but a good match. But uh, a program with Roosh and Andrade against the Lucha Brothers, I'm definitely excited about, for sure. Roosh, Roosh took, like, the perfect uh, package pile driver. I don't know where... I can't remember what the hell uh, uh, Penta calls it, where he hooks the underarms like Kevin Owens does, and he does the pile driver. It's a package pile driver, but he has a name for it. Uh, he won it, and then Roosh like hit it on his head, and he rolled back, and it was a really cool spot as a sell, at least, because like he was trying to get to the ropes even after getting fucking obliterated, which I thought was Roosh is Roosh is really good, guys. Roosh Roosh is really good. I remember finding out that it was Roosh instead of Rush, like I thought for a long time because of Brian Alvarez. That was helpful. <laughs> yeah, I remember you telling me it was Roosh, and I was like, oh, it's Roosh. I thought it was Rush. I was you know, over here, we're... like, uh, you know, listening to that. I was listening to that Rush Hour soundtrack. Uh, oh, I'm going for the uh, band Rush. You know, hey, baby, you know, when you like me, you call me, puppy, thanks for talking me. Keep dancing with another chica. What y'all, what y'all know about that Drew Hill? Let's get it. <laughs> oh, shit. All right. Well, you called this last week. Acclaimed and Gun Club. Everything's cool. And Terrible. I love... I, everything's cool between them since last time. I do love the idea since they are mad. Like, Colton Gunn just fucking took the mic away. From um, what's your, what's his name? Um, Matt, Max Caster. So the fucking crowd is pissed about that. And then we get to the end. They beat Bear Country, Leon Ruff, and Fuego del Sol. Leon Ruff, him, Cheeseburger, should call it like Big Mac. Should be the name of their tag team. Think that would be great. Um, anyways, remember that guy in NXT? Uh, so they win. 
and there's some dissension afterwards, and it was all a swerve. Billy Gunn nails Max Caster and then attacks Anthony Bowens, and it's him and his sons as heels. And I like like I suggested last week, that since they fucking rushed us so quickly, the only thing that will save this is if Road Dog Jesse James, comes out, whatever the fuck they have to call him, since they probably can't call him Road Dog, uh, and backs up uh, the acclaimed. I think that would be awesome and hilarious. But this should have happened. This was all over. Like, why would you r- rush through it? There's no point. Or rush through it, Chris. Yeah, no clue. I think they rushed through it way too hard. And if they were going to do introduct someone like uh, the road dog, Jesse James, um, I would have drug it out. I, I don't understand why they felt like they had to get here. The, the next pay-per-view is like four months away. So we're going to get a bunch of singles matches, I guess. I don't know. We'll find out. I really do kind of hope that that's a possibility, though. Like, honestly, if he can't wrestle, he doesn't. He can. Ju- he can just literally be in their corner and their verbal guy to kind of counterbalance his old partner Billy Gunn. It would just be a fun because Road Dog was the fucking kind of rapper in in the New Age Outlaws. He had the same spiel over and over again. He got everyone into them. You know, I think it would make a lot of sense and be a lot of fun for a lot of fans that are our age. And if people don't understand, then they can fuck off. Sorry. It'd be this is for us. It'd be amazing if it was K Dog, <laughs> K Quick. Oh, man. Fucking R Truth. Thank <laughs> God he was the first African American NWA champion because, God. Orange Cassidy is, is taken more seriously than R Truth is in wrestling. And I Everyone's- like Orange Cassidy. Everyone should look at that NWA R-Truth title run because it was really good. He was very heel, and it was awesome. It's really good. Really fucking good. Also, R-Truth showing up for the acclaimed, that'd be amazing. It's not going to happen, but fucking amazing. People around the world. Oh, wait, I'm in the wrong place. Is this Royal Rumble? (laughs) He puts a ladder in the middle of the ring. He's like, is this blood and guts? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> He's got an axe. <laughs> Are we doing blood and guts? They have to send Danhausen out to talk to him. Danhausen's like, man, man, I'm ah, true. What are you doing here, dude? Ah. This is not funny. Like, ah. <laughs> All right. I, I'm about that level of goofy. Because once you get that goofy, you're like, you know it's goofy. You know, you're like, that's funny. <laughs> Well, you know, and speaking about Orange Cassidy, I thought about it, and I really liked his, like, I've been much higher as of lately on Orange Cassidy. I just like him. You know, not gimmick-wise, but you know who I think I kind of peg him very similar to for their time period? Who's that? Hurricane Shane Helms. I love fucking Shane Helms. I thought he was a great fucking wrestler. He got a really silly gimmick over. He beat The Rock. I think he beat Triple H, too, randomly. And they were both, like, roll-up wins. You know, and he, he never... was, like, the number two best merch seller at the time, yeah. That's a, that's a good fucking example. 
And Shane's a great fucking wrestler. I mean, if even in three count, him doing the vertebraker was one of the the craziest finishers I had seen ever. Honestly, I was like, what the fuck did he just do, and how did he not kill him? So, and then he couldn't do it in WWE, and he had to start doing the choke slam, which was still great. But you know, good old Shane Helms might have to have that as a match after this. Anyways. Um, Member of three count. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> when I first saw him in WCW, he was a part of, like, a weird boy band. I think it was him, Shannon Moore, and someone else. Shannon um, Moore is also great. Or, yeah, yeah, also great. Well, they all came up, and it was them two and the Hardys. They all fucking came up in the same, like, little indie fed they made. Yeah, they so. were like, but, but, but. That's the one where they tell the story about Manny Fernandez telling him that, that he's on the bill. And they were like, no, Manny, we can't pay you. And he's like, no, 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 you guys can. I'm on the bill. They're like, no, <laughs> literally, we have no money for you to be able to get you on the bill. And we don't have anyone for you to go against. He's like, no, 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 no. I'm on the bill. So that was. <laughs> if you ever get a chance, listen to Matt Hardy talk about that. It's pretty funny. <laughs> um, I've met Manny Fernandez and that, that checks out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great guy funny. really really nice guy he hates Tully Blanchard though he's got a very oh. specific story about Tully Blanchard uh, being a coward in a Denny's you can listen to if you, you really want to be that guy oh alright Thunderstorm which hey didn't I call that Someone needs to give me some money. I said Tony Storm, Thunder Rosa, Thunderstorm, if they ever get in a tag team. I laughed so. really hard and said, that's such a dad joke, and then they made it a team name. So, And they got merch for it already, too. But uh, they beat Nyla Rose and Marina Shafir. Fun, I guess. I don't know where this is going exactly, but, you know. Um, we had Garcia challenging Wheeler Yuta. Oh, and Actually, then the big... Uh, by the way, you said you wanted to take the hip attack. I don't know if you want to take that hip attack. She squishes everybody with a hip attack. Dane, I don't know. Actually, I, 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 I kind of want you think you can handle it. I don't know if you can handle it. I don't know. If let I let can me just say, it. I don't. I, since Rikishi really didn't hurt anyone, like that looks like it's fucking painful. It looks almost <laughs> worse than Cactus Jack's fucking run the corner, you know, knee. But I would I would take that hip attack over Rikishi give me a stink face. I'd take stink face over that hip attack. I feel like that hip attack that Tony Storm's doing might kill me. I'm like I got It wouldn't be I that got, bad of a way to go I got out family, though. Family, damn it. <laughs> well yeah. I mean it would no, be bad for Tony Storm. That feels bad. I was <laughs> like then Tony Storm killed the guy. <laughs> That's that's not the way. This is not the yep. way, as they see in the Star Wars. Oh, all right. So, FTR challenged the Briscoes for death uh, before dishonor. William Regal joined Taz, Excalibur, and Jim Ross. What, what did um, the FTR? I missed this FTR. What what did FTR say? They put that? over the Briscoes as one of the best tag teams that they've ever had a match with. They didn't. They they were alluding to. They were waiting to say the Briscoes at the end, but they were like, you know, we had a great tab match last night. This is my Dax, I guess. And 
you guys really <laughs> took us in the ring and, you know, just got, you got to you got to make sure him and Adam Cole, for some reason, have a stutter. If anyone realized when they're talking, they kind of like do that. But uh, Dax basically put them over and was like, we want to challenge the Briscoes for a rematch for the Ring of Honor uh, Tag Team Championships. It was very short and to the point. And the Briscoes, but the really- fucking crowd went nuts when they heard it behind them. So because the, they were the on the Brisk- Titan the pre-tape. <laughs> the Briscoes promo after. On Twitter, is like, <laughs> next thing we know, our phones lighting up. We thought the chickens were dying out here. We had to roll out to the farm over here. The chickens were fine. Next thing I know, we're FTR. Everybody talking about FTR. You ain't nothing, baby. You ain't nothing to us. We Man, made you y'all. Terry Funk. We wrestled four, <laughs> four days. <laughs> y'all beat us. We were tired. Can't beat us again. Better clean up them titles. Shine up them titles, hey, baby. I'm pretty sure I know the answer to this, but you get one old school tag team to go against two brothers to go against the Briscoes. The other Briscoes or the Funks? Funks. That'd be... Especially if you could do it in the farm. <laughs> be the oh my god! On the farm match with with Dory and Terry versus Mark and Jay Briscoe. Oh, yeah, Jesus they, Christ. They think they're going to run us over with a tractor, Dory. Oh, dude, afterwards, like, Dory's and Terry's just bleeding everywhere. He's like, what the hell is wrong with those boys? They're just like you, Terry. Fucking crazy asshole. <laughs> yeah, to Dory would just be, like, in the distance. <laughs> Dory's got, like, a very uh, louder voice. Like He just seems so damn nice. You know, he can still whoop your ass, but... Shout out to Dory Funk. He is really nice. I met him in real life. Really great dude. <laughs> he is a tall man, by the way. That's a big dude. He's bigger than Terry by like three or four inches. But I'll whoop uh, your ass if you have a conversation with me. I, I do feel like the, I don't know, that'd be a fun on the farm. With Daddy Briscoe as the referee. <laughs> Papa was a Papa Briscoe. No, it's it's Dory Senior and Papa Briscoe just watching, observing from like the uh, the fucking the barn, just chilling up in the window, just talking shit about each other the whole entire time. Like ter- I feel like, like Terry Funk would grab a chicken and throw it at one of the Briscoes. Come here, you motherfuckers! <laughs> Goddamn son of a bitch, chicken! And like, I want the older guy. I want the older brothers. I want Jay and fucking and Dory going at it, and then Mark and fucking Terry just making weird noises at each other, just beating the shit out of each other. Tries to drown them in fucking chum. And they know? would literally hit each other with chickens and walk, 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 walk. <laughs> this is great. Oh, God. All right. Let's go to the, the main event. AW Interim World Championship match between John Moxley and Brody King. It's a fun match, man. I like that part where fucking Brody King just chopped John Moxley to his knees and then Moxley kind of like unfazed by it, cut right back up in his face. You know, it was a... It was an aggressive match, but I mean, I hate to say this, it was kind of predictable. I knew that Brody wasn't going to win. Honestly, this that might sound crazy. If Darby were to have won that match, that battle royal, somehow got Brody Lee out. If you have Darby and John Moxley, there is 
fucking 80% of me that's like, John Mox is going to win this. But there's actually still a 20% where I'm like, I don't know, it's the interim title. It's fucking Darby Allen. Maybe he just pulls it off. When you give me Brody Lee, it's awesome because it's like a Haas dude. But you know he's not going to fucking win. It doesn't matter if Malachi said that he would in a fucking pre-tape earlier in the night. That doesn't mean shit. If it's Malachi, now, once again, we're, we're talking about something different. So it was a fun match, but, you know, like I said, kind of predictable. It was, but I will say they set up Malachi versus Alistair, which I love. Malachi and John? Or no, no, Miro. Yeah, that's right. Malachi and Miro. Miro was like, you can talk about devils. I've already ascended my god. (laughs) Fucking fucking Miro is a a Saiyan. (laughs) Basically. He's like, I don't give a shit about your little double worship. <laughs> it's the best, dude. I fucking love Mira. <laughs> I love how Mira also has a little bit of a lift. Like, you have to hold your tongue to try to, like, make an impression. <laughs> My God. <laughs> My Jesus God. Christ. I am the Redeemer. <laughs> I, I am the Redeemer. <laughs> I already beat my god. <laughs> Your god means nothing to me. <laughs> You're like, oh shit. He's about to beat the hell out of Malachi. That's what I thought of that. Coming out of that, I was like, damn. He's about to give all of that House of Black so many suplexes. <laughs> so many. <laughs> I'm really sad he didn't talk about his hot life, though. It's like, my hot life. Yeah, that was always great, him dropping... God, C.J. Perry, Lord, um, some of the ph- uh, artistic photography I've seen that she's done recently. She's, uh, yeah. Anyways. Um, oh, let's talk about C.J. Perry. You want to talk? No, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. I'm not talking about wrestling skills or anything <laughs> else. Trust me. Anyways, uh, let's get over Rampage and get the fuck out of here. We started like sociable skills, but what up? What up? There you go. Um, Eddie Kingston. Takeshka. Uh, no intro. Right. Yep. And the two high, of them had. Put highlights in his hair. Put highlights in his hair. <laughs> yeah. He has a, he has a uh, look. But they had a great. I mean. It was kind of awkward, a little bit I, I, clash of styles, I'll say. Even though one's a Japanese wrestler, he's got more of a modern, fast-paced style. Eddie obviously loves the All Japan stuff from back in the day. You know, pick them up around the stomach, drop them on their head, pick them up, blah, 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 blah. I love the uh, excitement that JR got when Takeshka went for a clothesline um, and he's like, wow, that's a real Stan Hansen like clothesline. And then he got up just to nail him finally with it, turned Eddie inside out. Um, but this is the, the ending, uh, was fun. Uh, you know, Eddie, like they were going back and forth. They were throwing big hits. He hit the fucking back fist after getting nailed. And then he fucking collapsed onto him. One, two, three goes Eddie Kingston. And that promo we already talked about where he called out uh, Chris Jericho. He put him over at the beginning and, you know, um, was excited to go for a match with him. But 
you know, I think I like both guys. I just think that there was a little bit of a uh, clash of styles, Chris, I would say. No one oh, cared. And Kings, King, Kingston, dude. Well, people want to learn selling. Fucking learn Kingston. He, he's, he's selling his ribs really well throughout the whole entire fucking match from the previous week's bullshit. Like, I don't know. I love Eddie Kingston. I love Eddie Kingston. I like this match, but no one cared. The crowd was dead. They have no idea who this no guy is. Who. You didn't tell him who he was. Uh, yeah, this so came out a- right after a championship match between John Moxley and another opponent. So they kind of died out, I think, right after that happened. We didn't even get like intros for both people or anything. Yeah. It's just straight into the match. And it was fine. But it was just like uh, the one big spot I didn't expect Kingston to take was the uh, German on the uh, apron. Oh, yeah, he took a German on the apron. That's the, the everything else is like Eddie Kingston's like, hey, we're going to do all Japan shit. Let's chop each other for a while. And that's fine, but I'm tired of seeing it. Yeah. I getcha. And I mean, we all like Eddie Kingston, but it kind of does get a bit repetitive sometimes. I'm not tired uh, of Kingston and promos, though, because his fucking promo later on is fire as fuck. But uh, I am tired just seeing like slap chest, slap chest, slap chest, slap chest. And uh, forearm, 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 forearm. Me and you should start a match. We're just going to do this shit. And they'll be like, fight forever. Clap, 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 clap. Um, all right. I agree with you, though. Next match, the Gates of Agony, the second time we've seen them since the last Ring of Honor pay-per-view. Good chance they might be having a match against someone at this uh, this upcoming thing, a part of Tully Blanchard Enterprise. They went against Lee Moriarty, who is teaming with the champion, Ring of Honor champion Jonathan Gresham. They're having a match for the title, the next Rampage but they were going to see if they could coexist, and apparently that is not the case. Let me put over, both these guys are good. Khan's really good as far as agility, technical stuff. Toliano, I think, Toa Leona is, he reminds me a lot of Haku, man. So you got like... Yeah, you messaged me, you are like, it's Haku, right? He's scary, he's got a similar look. Yeah. The double chops, him holding him down by his fucking face and just like, ah, like giving him that look like totally Haku from fucking WCW face of fear. But Barbarian is like way more agile in this scenario. But <laughs> Moriarty's gets his ass kicked. He finally there's a one part where, quote unquote, um, Tully distracts him, which Jr. gets on his ass because he's like, what the fuck are you doing? Not knowing. I like that Jr. doesn't know a lot of what's going to happen compared to what I think Excalibur does. And then at the end of Caprice was with them too on commentary because it's Ring of Honor. Um, and then at the end, he goes, tries to get tagged, and Jonathan Gresham just jumps down and goes towards the ramp. Him and Tully embrace. So now Tully's got these two guys, uh, the Gates of Agony, the Ring of Honor champion, and Brian Cage on his faction. You know, if Ring of Honor did uh, shows, that would be awesome because we haven't seen any of the shit since the last one, but hopefully that picks up 
but I liked all of this. And then I thought that Jonathan Gresham cut probably one of the better promos as a heel uh, than he has recently, where he's kind of been a boring-ass babyface. So I thought all of this was good. I'm the opposite. I hated all of this. Why? Why is Jonathan Gresham a heel? What, who's the babyface going to fight? Seidel? Moriarty? We're, we're hoping, uh, hopefully, hopefully Claudio, man. Claudio. I mean, like, what, what the hell was the point of this? He has his own crew to begin with. So, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I hated this. Uh, Gresham with the too cool for school, like pull it back, Terminator 2 style was pretty cool, though. I'm not gonna lie. Like, where you reached out for the tag and pulled it back. <laughs> it's pretty good. Jonathan Gresham's a really great wrestler. <laughs> Just, Do you like uh, uh, Gates of Agony? Yes. Do you want to know why I like him? Because tag team wrestling needs a Steiner Brothers, needs a Road Warriors, and they're that. They're scary. They look mean as fuck. They're big. WWE saw that. They were like, oh, you guys remember the Viking Raiders? But they buried them, so no one cares. This is a good opportunity for that. Like, big-ass mean motherfuckers with Tully Blanchard being a manager? Sure. Let's get it. I mean, I, I feel like they fucked it up because there was other tag teams they could have made earlier. Murderhawk is, um, is I, one of those cats, but... Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, how do you feel about that? It, do you like that oh, tag I, team? I, yeah, no, I, I like them as a tag team. I like Tully's group. Um, I'm willing to see where this goes. Uh, you know, whatever. And I thought, like I said, Gresham has kind of been boring as a baby face to me on the mic, at least. And I thought he had a lot more passion when he cut the promo with him and Tully in the back with uh, Tony. But, you know, uh, Who's the heel? Who's he facing though? Who's the we don't heel? know that. We got two weeks to figure out who's his opponent. Two you know. weeks. Hey, dude, that's a hell of a lot longer than fucking anything for that New Japan thing. I hope. I hope it's Bailey. <laughs> that would make a lot of sense. Um. All right. Well, Serena Deeb and Mercedes Martinez. We talked about this. They went against Kayla Sparks and Christina Marie and just beat the living fuck out of them. Then Serena attacked her afterwards, and it looks like that's going to be for the Ring of Honor Women's Championship at uh, the pay-per-view coming up. So, any last who comments the, about that? Who is the one in the Star Spangled Banner gear? I have no idea. No idea. Kayla On Sparks, maybe? Uh, she took a lot of good bumps for this team, so good on her. Yeah, you know. She's I mean, cutting her squat- dudes. This is a squash match, but she took like a, a arm drag, came up, took a back body drop, came back up, bounced off the ropes, got clothesline. It was she did a good job. I don't know what her tag team partner was doing, but she was doing a good job. The girl in the white 
the white trunks. Sorry, yep. I can't remember her name, but you did really well. All right, so the the main event was Mr. Orange Cassidy coming out with the best friends in their little tie-dyed <laughs> get-up. Um, <laughs> Tony Nese and Mark Sterling. I mean, these guys worked well in the ring together. I mean, I wouldn't expect less from either of them. Uh, but it was more of the stuff with Dan Housen and Mark Sterling that caught my attention, honestly. Especially at the end, after... <laughs> He warned him. Dan Housen warned him to quit fucking around. And then he kicked him in the groin. And he punched him right in the balls. Cassie got the orange punch on Nice. One, two, three. And uh, Orange Cassie, I got a, one thing. His Michinoku driver is second to none right now. Like, it I've seen great, Seth <laughs> do it. I've seen a lot of people do it. He fucking nails it perfectly. Like Taka, man. It was, it's great. Um. He's really yeah. good. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I, so, like, uh, uh, is that it now? Are we done with Nice uh, and fucking Orange Cassidy, though? Uh, I hope so. I love the, uh, the, the, <laughs> your cat's still my client, and fucking Dan Helsen's coming in with the tie. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's and his Mark lawyer. Is like, it's time for the main event. It was really fun to see Dan Helton go in and give the groin, groin points, dude. He punched the dick. He punched him in the dick. Then he put a curse on Madden. It was good. It's fun. St- I mean, it was a stupid, dumbass match. Who cares? Orange Cassidy looked great. That's, I mean, that's all that match was about. It's like, let's make Orange Cassidy look good and also be funny. They nailed it. Yep. I completely agree. Tony All right. Nice, well, uh, Tony Nice with those clotheslines when Orange was bouncing, uh, doing nip ups and dodging them. That's really good fucking timing on both those athletes. So big props on Tony Nice as well. Well, he's agile as fuck. He's just a little bit vanilla and he's got like, what, 17 abs or whatever. So, but he's but a good wrestler. Talking about when they yeah. when they were near the ropes, and he went for the clothesline. He 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 did a nip up, and then he went for another clothesline. He bounced back and did another nip up, ducked under, and then bounced off the ropes. That that's really fucking hard. Um, if you're in shape out there, listeners, try to just do two nip ups. In general, it's hard. No, I can't do two nip ups and run forward. Well, dude, you know what's one thing? Uh, Tommy Dreamer was like one time uh, this week on Busted Open. He was just talking. He goes, "I never thought I should ever try to attempt a 450 splash or or shooting star press. The one thing I wanted to fucking get earlier on because of obviously Sean was the nip up, and he's like, that's one thing I just fucking can't do. He's like." My body won't let me. Do. And this is back when he was skinnier, too, obviously, because, you know, hey, he called him and him and Bully called themselves the Fat and the Furious as a host. So I don't, I'm not fat shaming Tommy Dreamer, but I'm just saying. You, yeah, Ca- Cassidy does that with no hands, though. It's ridiculous. Yeah. 
Yeah, his 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 agility, his his athleticism with his body is pretty impressive. I thought he had, I, and I said this on our review of the uh, the the Forbidden Door. I thought he had the. I thought I thought him and uh, Will Osprey had the match tonight. I'll stand by that. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Actually, I, I completely agree with you. Um, but he's good. He's good. He's, you're gonna either like him or hate him, but he's good. I hate the fucking Jane song though. Let's talk about that, Dane. You ready to break this oh, down? Totally disagree with you. Yes, break this down. Tell me why you like it. Oh, I've always thought it was a really good rock song. I like that little piano in it. I like Jefferson Airplane. I like Jefferson Starship. My parents were big fans. And the biggest reason is because it, it made me realize Orange Cassidy. That song was from Wet Hot American Summer. And he basically is Paul Rudd's character. Jean jacket, shirt, sunglasses, the whole ugh, demeanor. But obviously Cassidy doesn't go too much into that. And uh, I like the Pixies, but I've heard that song a million fucking times. It's really good on Fight Club. Ah, oh, fuck Fight Club. That's one of my favorite movies of all time. You take that back. What are you in a tornado I- right now? I'm back. All right. Sorry. No, I'm back. Um, yo, uh, it's better. Pixies, no. they're they're the best. It's better. I couldn't even hear it over the crowd. Jane, no one knows. It doesn't matter. The dan It's it's a bigger intro. You can do more stuff with it. I disagree. I guess that that was his thing, but it's not I, his uh, thing anymore. I think that song's fine. Um, but where is our time? It's gone. It's done. Because this is the, the episode of Wrestling Geeks Alliance. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Try to find me on the interwebs. Find a Danales 42. Not because of 420. Actually, that's exactly the reason. On Twitter or Dane Alves on Instagram and Facebook. Chat me up. Let's have a conversation about wrestling. You can also listen to this show um we usually have it out we do it on saturdays have it out usually by sunday night monday sometimes tuesday shit happens don't get on our balls about it but listen to us every week give us a five-star rating we're on pretty much any downloadable platform spotify itunes stitcher soundcloud all that type of stuff and uh, i couldn't do a show without my amazing co-host christopher brother ray Patton. say goodbye to all lovely people and do any plugs Goodbye to all the lovely people. Sorry, I got sick. Um, and next Friday, live. Uh, uh, Tom Clark's main event. I'll be on there. If you want to talk to me between times, at Chris R. Patton, at Christopher.R. Patton on Facebook and Instagram. And uh, I would love to hear from you. All right. Well, I would as well, and uh, we'll have some new stuff hopefully next week to talk about. I'm sure a bunch of stuff will come out in the next couple days. But until then, you guys have a good one. Peace out, and let the Wrestling Geeks Alliance be with you.
God damn it.